What is up, folks? Welcome to Cocktail Cinema. I am one of your co-hosts, your first favorite bartender, your third favorite author, Josh Price. I'm here with my friends. Introduce yourselves. Hey, my name is Greg. I don't have that whole big first favorite anything, but I'm your first favorite here now. I'm doing some work behind the boards tonight producing. My name is Shasi. Nice to meet you guys. Best producer in the biz. All right. So what do we got for tonight, Josh? All right, tonight we are going to talk about a couple of different wines, and I have paired those wines, not just with your dinner, not your dinner, but <laughs> with uh, The Godfather Part 1, <laughs> um, a movie that in 1990 was ranked the second greatest American film ever made, and according to the American Film Institute, uh, it currently ranks number three of greatest films of all time. What about your list? Do you, would you put that up on that, on that list for you? Definitely top five. I agree. Um, I I found it was curious that uh, the Godfather Part Two drops down to like thirty second of all time. I would I would put Godfather Two up there as well. But. Agreed. I love. Well, that's a, that's another that's another thing. That's another day. We'll be we'll be getting into that. <laughs> but before we get into any of that, let's talk vino. So I, I decided to pair uh, a couple of different red wines with this movie. And the first one that we're breaking into is the Francis Coppola Diamond Collection Red Blend from 2016. Let me pour everybody a glass here. Do we know what's in the blend? Is it a classic uh, Cabernet, Merlot? We got some Chianti. What are, we, what are we working with? This is a Cab, Syrah, and a couple of... There's a couple of other wines in there, but those are the, the primary two. Throw some Zin. Um, it's a a Sonoma wine, so we're local California. Well, not local, but California at least. Um, Josh, give this a stir. And as the name suggests, it is. She's got legs. Ugh. Oh yeah. <laughs> it, the 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 wineries and the vineyards are owned and operated by the uh, the Coppola family. Mm. Good smell. Good nose feel. Oh, yeah. Sharp bite, but not too dry. It's a nice solid oh, solid red. Good dinner mm, red. Mm, mm. Yeah, not too dry at all. And I like something that sits in the middle anyway. Mm -hmm. So this is, this is a good... Uh, I mean, it definitely competes with a really good cab, you know? Yeah. It's more juicy, I feel. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so it's, uh, it's aged in... French oak barrels. Definitely get the wood um, flavor out of that. Let's see, 2016. I want to say that was the year that we had uh, some of those really big fires. So you're going to get a little bit of a uh, little bit of that fire effect to it. Not necessarily a smokiness, but when you burn down the burn down a vineyard, they come back a little different. <laughs> and it, honestly, I don't know much about wine, but it it tastes like the perfect wine to lead into tonight's cinema as well. I agree. I Good agree. Mm. So. Moving forward from that, let's talk about The Godfather. Okay, Don Corleone. Before we, before we really dive into the, the conversation, I had, a, I had a few notes just to ground us in reality here. So The Godfather was, uh, was released in 1972, 
And the story itself is set in 1945 to 1955, so a ten-year range there. Um, it uh, it's based on a book by Mario Puzo, or Puzo. Not sure how he pronounces his name, but I'm not Italian either. <laughs> Just. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but not only did he write the book, but he co-wrote the screenplay with Francis Ford Coppola. Like they sat down together and they pounded out the movie they wanted. If, to I, if I remember correctly, um, the the book was in even finished written in '72, right? Like it was like I think eighty percent written. And it was Puzo's yeah. They was picked still up the finishing up the the end of the the book before the screenplay was even finished. Like yeah, they the were time. they were. They were they picked up the film rights to it immediately. Um, Paramount was kind of in a in a hard spot. They'd had a few flops, um, and ironically, one of them had actually been a mobster film. Um, so they were they were on the ropes, and they were looking for a, a ne- their next hit. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they dove deep into it as well because there's obviously um, a lot of hoopla around them being close to mob ties and how mm-hmm. they got the story right um, and how closely. It well, that's, was that's the, the funny the story is it changed mob life. It changed the mafia. Um, it specifically changed the way they spoke. Like before this movie came out, they were there was a lot of a lot of D's and Dems and Do's in the way they spoke. And after the film came out, there were some some top brass in the New York <laughs> mafia that started modeling their ma- patterns of speech after Vito Corleone. <laughs> so it, it it was definitely kind of raspy voice and all. <laughs> yeah, and and you know much more articulate mm-hmm. and, and slow to speak. Guys started putting con swabs in their mouth. <laughs> I mean, they might have boss. <laughs> it, it it was a cultural event in the '70s, and it has continued to be a cultural thing. I mean, when you when you talk about greatest mob movies or even greatest movies of all time, it's up there with you know things like Scarface and Goodfellas. And I put this above those, even though I love yeah. those movies. But this is this is it's definitely more refined. It mm-hmm. is a better made film than either of those. And two. they gave it they gave it the time for the plot to to build the way it did. Mm-hmm. And it's one of the first, like, you know, not one of the first, but one of the really more popular sagas, which mm-hmm. has become mm-hmm. a very popular theme even today. With it, absolutely, it's ingrained in in the American psyche. It's it, <clears throat> it's a great example of how an adaption, adaptation should be made. Um, they follow the story. They had the, the author was involved, and there was very little infighting. So when the movie came out, everybody was happy with it. Awesome. And you can, you can tell everyone was invested in it. And so especially the with the names writers, that are involved. I mean, they weren't huge back then, but mm-hmm. it's a launch point for a lot of their careers. You know? I mean, oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, it, it's funny that you say the people involved. The, the studio actually wanted... Ernest Borgnine to play Vito Corleone. They had had some issues with Marlon Brando in the past. He's <laughs> notoriously a very difficult actor to work well, with. Hey, he's done. He's, he's paid his dues before this movie was even. He out. did. He did. But the studio just didn't want to put up with him. <laughs> but Coppola went to bat and refused to film without uh, without Brando. So Borgnine, great move. <laughs> missed the missed the boat, and it wound up being a, in my opinion, a better film for and it. Coppola was the director, mm-hmm. right? So I I also remember hearing that he was like, on like they had a list of like twenty five directors who do it, and mm-hmm. they really, really wanted an Italian director. Like the studio was pushing for that, you know what I mean? For the authenticity, mm-hmm. and because the story wasn't done, they want you know what I mean? That whole 
Because I looked it up on IMDb before I came, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it's like Puzo has like the, the, the author rights for the mm-hmm. book, but it's like screenplay, both of them are on there. Yeah, and they were the only two. Yeah, and I remember seeing her that they were like, like he was his last choice. Yeah. Essentially, but because he was Italian, you know what I mean? That pushed him over the it, top. And I it think got him it, it honestly made probably bigger difference than you would think. Yeah. You know, having your I first know or second. Awesome. Yeah. It, it good... definitely granted it uh, authenticity and, and a, a little bit of oomph. But. I, I forget there were there were a lot of names on that list, but Coppola was not their first choice. I mean, it, you could you could say this movie is a an amalgamation of people that weren't the first choice. It's like Moneyball in movies, <laughs> but they made the right choice. They did. Yeah, Ultimately, yeah. I'm, I'm interested to see cool. and you know find out who those other choices would be. Just this kind of, but you know that's neither here nor there. No, we we can definitely look that up. <laughs> um, do you want to you want to dive into the meat of it? Yeah, where should we start, bud? Well, where does the movie start? At the wedding. The glorious wedding where everyone is introduced. Almost everybody in the home, every main character is mm-hmm. introduced within 10 minutes of this movie. And I think they set the movie off with checkpoint after checkpoint mm-hmm. after checkpoint and clicking the list on getting you involved right away. Mm-hmm. Even though this is a three hour plus movie, the tone is set with these they, are your players. They really do a good this job is what's going on. The, mm-hmm. the character development for the family. Like everyone mm-hmm. who's in the Corleone family, that's important. Be, just because there's five other families that are they cover too, mm-hmm. that, that seems so crucial to mm-hmm. them. To well, did you, did you notice they introduce everybody in birth order? Oh, I didn't so notice you've that. Got, I've never you've got so Vito. Okay. So Don Corleone is first. And then you have Sonny and, and, and uh, Tom. 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 Tom? Okay, the consignee. Yeah, consignee. Yeah, yeah, okay. They're introduced because they're kind of portrayed as he wasn't. He wasn't quite Duvall. He, yeah, 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 and he's yeah, amazing. Robert Duvall. But he wasn't quite. I think he was in. He was just getting into that lawyer position for mm-hmm. them at that point. Like I think I remember but, Michael saying but Vito that he's not. Adopted him when he was, he was like right. a neighborhood mm-hmm. kid. Yeah, he's like one of his own. Parents. So they were. He was. He was. He was in age to, I think he was to, to Irish, Santino. Maybe, right. Uh, he was Irish German. Irish German. Yeah. And then we're introduced to uh, Connie, the daughter. Mm-hmm. And for the next 15 minutes, everybody's asking where Michael is. Where's Mike? Where's Mike? So we, we get introduced to Fredo very briefly, mm-hmm. who I'm pretty sure is the second youngest. Yeah, he's the middle. And he's, it, his man, role is, it, like you said, introductions in this movie are fucking fantastic. Mm-hmm. They introduce you to who they are and even the way they're introduced Tells you a lot about it's all character. it's all kind of feeds into the foreshadowing of the entire movie. I feel like and the fact the that everybody's waiting for Michael mm-hmm. and that tells a lot. The whole movie is about waiting for they Michael. Don't want to take the family picture without him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the enforcers even introduced right there. Mm-hmm. Luca and then the Undertaker who takes mm-hmm. care. And Michael was a surprise too for 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 his sister's wedding. Yeah. She didn't right. know she he was going to be there. You know, he's just coming off a of war and. Looking, looking, goddamn war, yeah, goddamn war hero. He was, yeah, definitely, definitely war hero. Well, and and, and <laughs> the whole family is intent on keeping him out of the business. Yeah, he, they wanted they, to protect the baby. They yeah. wanted to keep. And he didn't him want anything clean. to do with it anyway. Yeah, well, he he very clearly despises what his mm-hmm. family does. Yes, I'm not going to be like them. Mm-hmm. Is what he says. So this this whole what is it? I'd say it's at least a half hour that we're at the wedding. Maybe 45. Yeah, minutes. A, lot, a lot happens there for sure. I and mean, it seems packed. like an eternity, but yeah, it's, it's, it's probably but about so much happens. It sets the, sets the tone for the whole movie. I mean, just the meeting. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. the when I don't remember the the character's name, but going in and asking asking the very Don first Corleone, scene. Yeah. yeah, you know, I want you to kill a man for me, and he says, you know, you. You come into my house and my daughter's wedding and ask me to kill a man, but I've never, I've never mm-hmm. once been invited to your house for a coffee. 
Uh, that's huge. I feel like it did. He, well, he's, he's petting the kitten. Too. Yeah. <laughs> that, like, so so Dr. Evil yeah, is. That yeah. cat was actually, it was not scripted. It was just a it's cat that was stray. on set yeah. and he picked it up and started petting <laughs> yeah. it. It's nice. In that very same scene, so there's a reason that Robert Duvall's character stands up at one point and is just in the middle of the room. It seems pointless, but the but Brando's cue cards were taped to Duvall's back because <laughs> oh, du- Brando refused to memorize his lines. That's awesome. That's awesome. I guess that's why they didn't want to work with him, huh? One of many I don't need any. I don't need any we're going yeah. to get around to no Apocalypse Now here. at some point, <laughs> which is another one of the greatest, mm-hmm. like, top five films ever made. He was a pain in the dick then, too. <laughs> What's the other one? That the, motorcycle, the Wild Bunch or something like that? Yeah, you, I think it was in The Wild that Bunch. Was, have you ever seen that one? It's amazing. I, I was real little. My dad was a, was a big fan of... Uh, of a lot of these older films, so I, I got introduced to this stuff at a really young age. Mm-hmm. So I know I've seen a lot of it, but there is definitely some stuff I need to rewatch. Um, the 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 first uh, the the first quote I have written down actually ties into that that conversation with the Undertaker. It's right after the conversation with the Undertaker, and it really it really slams home Vito's position and who he is he's a mobster clearly but he's 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 he considers himself dignified and there's things he won't do and he 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 tells the boys he goes we're not murderers despite what this undertaker says so it implies that even though he agrees to give justice to the undertaker he's not going to kill the guy Mm -hmm. um he's he's going to enact justice and not vengeance as he talked about earlier and that's something that none of his sons ever picked up yep well he was first family you know Mm -hmm. he's it, you know, you're, you always try to be as good as your dad, or your mm-hmm. dad tries to make you better than them. But you know, they don't pick up on they. They didn't grow up in. Well, they grew up in power. Yes, they, and that's 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 something to be said for. But I mean, like old family mm-hmm. Italy, you know that that's oh absolutely. You know they they went. You know from what I understand from the movie that they've all been there and mm-hmm. they've met the family that they've been to the town of Corleone. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, no, it's an interesting interesting opening scene for sure. Um, should mm-hmm. we should we talk about that 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 cake? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! As as a someone who's been in in restauranting and and has done weddings and banquets, yes, it would have yes. been a fucking nightmare. How, how tall you think that thing was? Six feet? At seven? least six feet tall. <laughs> how many? There was what five or six people Something. carrying. And it. You can see it like starting it to topple a little bit. But. <laughs> <laughs> They all they all have smiles on their faces, but they're sweating balls. Oh yeah, you can tell it's dead of heat. Oh man, that's good. So that's kind of where you know after the meeting, the cake comes out, and you know, Vito's, can I go to my daughter's wedding now? Mm-hmm. You know, and then he goes and he has his first dance. You know, it's just like a normal, yeah, regular it's wedding. wedding. It's a family. I mean, the whole the whole movie is family. Despite fact. the fact that the FBI is trying to crash the party. Yeah, yeah, what the whole they, time. It's a, it's a hot list of. <laughs> Hot list of fucking FBI doesn't respect <laughs> anything. <laughs> yeah, hot bit of hot list or something. Jeez, no, it's a glorious opening opening scene. Um, and our one of our first introductions to Michael, like when he one, some of his first lines after he sits down with Kay, and they're having a drink and a little bit of dinner, um, he's telling her we're introduced as the audience to the family business, on a much broader sense. We're we're introduced to what Luca Brasi does through narration 
or, or dialogue from from Michael. And that's the first time you hear the common theme of you know mm-hmm. a, the offer you can't refuse. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That, yeah. I, I believe yeah. Michael telling Kay about Luca Brasi. Mm-hmm. Well, he, he drops the, that the line. Signature it's or the, his the line is, be on the, the line is it's my family. Mm-hmm. It's my family. Kay, it's not me. Right, I right. have that written down. You know, he's, that, yeah. he's, he's he's trying to. He's I trying love that line, and we'll get to it. I'll, I'll chime in later too. But remember, like when he says that, you know, either either the his name or his brains were going to be on the yeah. contract. Mm-hmm. That was the offer he couldn't refuse. Mm-hmm. For uh, the look on Johnny Fon- Fontaine. Yeah, is that right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. For yeah, Johnny Fontaine, for yeah, for Vito's uh, godson. godson. Yeah, exactly. And then yeah, okay, yeah. It's, it's funny that it's such a small story point, but the movie is named after the fact that he's Johnny Fontaine's godfather. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Because in in the mafia setup, he's he's a Don. Well, that's where the whole movie turned, where he took place as that, he, he filled that mm-hmm. role. That's where pretty much That's was. true. I didn't think about that, but that the, the, the mirrored storytelling is fucking beautiful there. Mm-hmm. That's well, a good point. When Michael actually mm-hmm. becomes godfather yeah, mm-hmm. like at he, the church, when yeah. his first hit yeah. after but, but Vito Fontaine, died. It, yeah. You know I mean? That's kind of where... When after he marks everyone in the other <laughs> plus families, everybody Plus... You know his brother-in-law, and he's at mm-hmm. the altar becoming a godfather, mm-hmm. and getting his, getting the approval. Well, he needed an alibi. Absolutely. Exactly. Yep. He'd already been fingered for two murders. He didn't want any more. Yep. I'm sure we'll touch back on that. <laughs> yeah, too, we'll, but, we'll get around so. to it because that's that's a huge point, huge point. But taking a slight uh, a slight sidestep here, did you notice that the racism is absolutely front and center in this movie? Yeah. It comes, it, is, it comes out, yeah. It is a movie of its time. Yeah. Like well, it's, it's, yeah, like it's it was made in the 70s, yeah. and it's about the 40s and 50s. Yeah. So yeah. It, yeah. obviously this was going to be... Yeah, post-World you know, War II era. Yeah. And it, there's a lot of it's tensions in the dialogue. And, it, and as well, it should be. It's, I, mean, it's an, I think it's an important part of it's it. It's a cultural... Yeah. Uh, you know, it's cultural truth. People nowadays probably wouldn't like it, but I mean, it was an important you part couldn't of that. You could do that to, today. To, set, to set the standards, to set the mm-hmm. theme, to set the, the place, the now. I mean, it's important to do that. And I think it's, I think it's done... Way more dignified than say Tarantino does it. Yeah, well, Tarantino yeah, tries to ram that shit down. Yeah, he's like, blunt. Like you say, you can't do it today. I was almost going to bring that up as like a comedy comparison. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can look at any of his, and you can. But it's say. it's done in natural conversation, whereas mm-hmm. in a lot of other films that try to mimic, or at least take advantage of the fact that they can they can say certain things, mm-hmm. it feels forced. It was done too to also match like the ultra violence of, mm-hmm. of like you know I mean that was definitely falls into that genre like Clockwork Orange came out right before mm-hmm. that like which was beyond like ultra violence especially for the time Seriously. but I mean like the like I don't know all that, I, I feel like all that's kind of like in, mm-hmm. in that same circle for some of these directors and it's 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 kind of the heart of this film is there we have the violence in one hand and the dignity in the other. Vito never loses his dignity, and neither does Coppola in the process of making this film, despite the fact this is a very violent film. It's, good, it's, it's a very that's a really explicit good point, film. Dude. Yeah, that's awesome. There's, he, he never loses touch with the fact that he wanted this to be a better product. It, it's, it's a work of art, and mm-hmm. it never loses its Well, and that's, I think, having writer involved, status. you know, with, with, with everything, mm-hmm. it, it goes, he's, it, he, he's not, the writer's not going to let... He's not going to let his baby shit on his be shit. Yeah, yeah. disemboweled the whole movie, you know. So it's no, it's it's great, absolutely all the way through. It's it, it kept it kept punching me in the face every time they would say something like, "Whoa," I mean, it makes sense in the scene. I'm like, we could, we we have come a long way yeah. in our cultural dialogue, 
Like we thankfully we don't speak this way anymore, but it definitely grounds itself in the forties and fifties. Well, yes, we don't speak this way, but I mean, yeah, there are people that do still live in that time. You know? Yeah. Um, but talking about the quality of of the filmmaking, if you notice, did you notice all the long, slow panning shots? Mm-hmm. Like it's it's a the the camera work is very slow paced and intentional. Yeah, absolutely. And like I said, set set the time, set mm-hmm. the place. They're building they're building a story. Now, if we were to make this movie today, do you think they would allow it to be three hours long? No, this I don't think. Two hours I don't think, I don't think America or anybody else in the world has the, the patience to watch that movie. I agree. We are, it would be very, are, very unpopular. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. yeah. Like, our, what does it say? It's like we lose our, our interest within like 35 seconds, basically, mm-hmm. nowadays with our phones and this, that, and the other. Nobody sits down to actually between appreciate those, something. Like that saga between those three movies is probably like the entire like Marvel universe. <laughs> <laughs> really, you know. Well, the, think about the only movies, the only popular movies that have been made that length are the Lord of the Rings in the last yeah, 20 years, 30 true. years. And those are so visually stimulating mm-hmm. where it's, that's where you, that's where your eye's going instead of uh, the banter, the conversations, the, the, the plot mm-hmm. analysis, the character building. Instead, they're just they're, it's like an eye catch instead of mm-hmm. a, whole, a brain catch. If that well, I think there's sense. there's another comparison we can make between those two series is they kind of falter in their third act in the in the third film. Yeah, I mean so, nobody really talks about Godfather. Godfather That's definitely three, not on the top. Godfather <laughs> three is not equal to its peers. Yeah, and Return of the King has has some moments where it it just falters it, it i mean part of that is tolkien wrote a book that ended six times i mean i'm date to take it from another movie i won't say which one but it's all about walking <laughs> yeah <laughs> okay we're gonna walk we got the ring we're gonna walk we're gonna walk to the whatever mountain or you know i don't know I, i'm sorry you can tell no, there's only one trilogy in my book <laughs> well i mean there would be a lot of walking if we had a proper uh Dark Tower series. I mean, one dude is literally called the Walking Dude. The Walking. Yeah, the Walking Dude. Um, but yeah, the 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 length of this movie, the the length of the shots, you couldn't get away with that today. But it mm-hmm. makes this movie what it is. Yeah, it's it's so and it's not deliberate. Flashy. It's not flashy cinematography. Mm-hmm. It's it's blatant and bold. And I'm sure we'll we'll get into this. Just I like haven't. The fam- yeah, the, yeah, I'm sorry mm-hmm. to cut no, you off good. there, but. Blade and bold, just like how the family would be, just how you mm-hmm. know, things were. I mean, they, yes, they didn't have the technology and the mm-hmm. and the computer animated um, help, but mm-hmm. they did what they could with what they had. And they, did, as far as just keeping it simple to the point and bold, mm-hmm. it's it's perfect. And my this is one of my favorite movies. It is ever, it is a perfect film. There are very few of those. Now I'm I'm curious to because I haven't seen Godfather two in a long time, probably. Close to ten years. Mm-hmm. Um, that one seems to stick wanna, out more in my head, though. You know, it, what I mean? as it's a like story, I remember more of that. Better, one, yeah, you know? but I, I want to compare it. Like we'll we'll get into this when we when we do that that particular episode. But I want to compare the the length of shots mm-hmm. and and the cinematography okay. yeah. because part of part of the cinematography in this film correlates to Vito's personality. Mm-hmm. It's long, slow, deliberate, yeah. intentional. And since the second film is much more about, like, well, half the movie is about Michael. I'm curious to see if the I think camera work too. is is okay. faster. You know, it probably will be just because there is a parallel storyline in that movie. Mm-hmm. But I think that's why Michael is the clear cut choice as you know becoming the new Don is because mm-hmm. he is the only. You know, you got Sonny who is you know he's an angry, 
fly mm-hmm. off the wall kind of guy. Like, let's go get this asshole right now. Let's let's this is our family. Mm-hmm. This is our our town, our city. Mm-hmm. And Fredo's just kind of the the pushover weakling. Yeah. You know, whatever. You know, he's that, a dunce. Yeah, I mean, he's 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 important to the movie, especially in the second one. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I think it's right off the bat, you know. Michael is coming to do his dad's work, yeah. Um, because of his stoic face, his, mm-hmm. his slow-moving personality, his execution of his words, um, you know, just the way he gets down is it's 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 it's, it's formulated and it's meticulous mm-hmm. and to the point, just like his dad. And I think I think Don Vito knew it too, right off the bat, and mm-hmm. he knew Sonny would never be leading the family, and Sonny always thought it, the job was his. Now, wouldn't you get that? You know, that's why he thought he had to be the bad guy. That yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, there there is one moment where uh, Vito is talking to to Michael where he's like, I, these, I knew that Sonny or, or Santino, Santino was going to was going to have these struggles. And I never dreamed that you would talking yep. talking to Michael, you know, so I think he begrudgingly knew that Sonny was going to take the family business. Yeah. Um, but only by age, right? Right uh, by birthright, by, essentially. By birthright, yeah, exactly. Because yeah. you, you can't. I, I think, I think Tom would have been a better Don, but because he's not, not family, he's not a made man. Yep, yep, yep. He can't. Can never he be. can't take the position. Um, thank you, Goodfellas, for teaching me that one. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I was. I had something that came to mind. It's escaping me. Well. Fredo's useless. Fredo's, <laughs> well, I mean, something that ties in from the, you know, coming back to the wedding or whatever is mm-hmm. like the, uh, the, the Hollywood guy that wants yeah. Vito's help. That uh, comes, Watso? Watso? Oh, oh. Uh, Hollywood. You talking about the Warts? producer? Yeah, like the the Lazo. It starts with a it's it starts with a W. Waltz. Waltz. Yeah. Waltz. Mr. Waltz was the big yeah. So that produce. comes back in later. Right? I mean, just, that scene, just that one thing. That scene want... is the only one that took me out of the movie. Let's talk okay. about the Waltz uh, when they muscle him over scene two. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you. That's got, what I'm. I'm sure you've got a, an interesting uh, point. Or, uh, behind so the scenes that. It, that producer's character takes a flip in the middle of a sentence, and he's suddenly not himself. Um, it's it's it works when he when they first. When Tom first, when the conciliary first introduces himself to the producer, um, he the producer thinks uh, Waltz thinks he's being you know shaken shaken down, which he is. Mm-hmm. Um, you're really never talking with them unless you are or your family, right? So he comes up. You can you can polish it off. We got plenty of wine. So he he knows he's being strong armed, so he puts a strong arm back. And <laughs> a little aeration to that wine there, bub. Slow So forward. when he finds out, or when when it's it's revealed that uh, that the conciliary works for Don Vito, pardon me, he takes on a different tone. He's like, "Shit! If I had known you worked for yeah, Don Corleone, yeah, he doesn't. He doesn't. He back doesn't say that. Mm-hmm. He doesn't, and uh, yeah. when I said he's Irish and German, that's how he he he. The, the only time he says that is in that scene. Mm-hmm. When he's talking to Wolves, yeah, and that doesn't give away that your one client. Oh, mm-hmm. he says, "My one client." Yeah, I'm gonna. He's like, "Why? You're a hot shot lawyer. Why haven't I ever heard you?" He's like, "Because I'm, I'm, I'm a specialty. A, I'm a specialty yeah. lawyer. I work for one client." Yeah. And you know, what I mean, he yeah. doesn't leave him. But you're right. After he finds out, you know, he, he tells he his assistant, he's like, like, "Check him out." Yep. He's like, "Check him out." And then you know in, what I mean? in comes the quote unquote 
Frank Sinatra of mm-hmm. of that. Well, then he invites him over. So, yeah, yeah. So yeah, that that conversation over. over dinner, where where he starts talking about Johnny Fontaine, he gets Hollywood Fontaine. He gets really worked up in the middle of a sentence. He starts off calm. He's like, "Look." Ask me anything else, I'll give it to you. I can't give you this real one racist, thing. Real. Yeah, it does. <laughs> Oops, it gets real bad. But we're gonna clean it up a little bit, and essentially, just what happens is he he goes, "I'm not gonna give him that part. I never will. It's perfect for him, but he fucked me over once before. Yeah. I'm not gonna give it to him, and I'll, wants, I'll, I'll go even further." And then he, as he's in the middle of that. I'll prove to you I'm not a vindictive man. He goes off the fucking handle. And I'm like, this is not the same character it was two seconds ago. That's like Ricky Bobby when he's like, with all due respect, it doesn't mean you can say it. It doesn't mean you can be disrespectful. Exactly. And it just, it's the only time I was taken out of the film. Like there's, I can pinpoint a lot of moments in other movies where it's just like, this doesn't, I'm not engrossed in it anymore. With, With a great film, you only have one or two of these moments, and then yeah, and then and this is the one, and at, and then down the road, mm-hmm. one of my I mean not favorite parts, but a huge part is that he gets invited to the to the horse stables, mm-hmm. my million dollar horse. Mm-hmm. You know, he's going on and on about this kind of stuff, and then yeah, well that was the, right before dinner, right? Is yeah, yeah. He, well yeah, yeah he takes him to, to the stable, like, yeah. Check out my prize stallion, mm-hmm. and then after the meeting, obviously it's one of those cool pan shots that you were talking mm-hmm. about before. And it's a it's a very and that's the famous force. and even that that takes advantage of the space. Pardon, man, this is a way bubblier wine. This than wine is great, by the way. It's, by, <laughs> it's very good. It's by the director so what, of the Godfather. So what's the uh, what's what's the uh, Italian word for uh, uh, like heartburn? Is it agita? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> you got some agita going on with it. No, I'm pretty sure that's what it is. I I was a music student, and for some reason, I decided to take Greek, so I know very little Italian. Greek, huh? Yeah, I, I used to be able to uh, semi-speak Greek back in the day. I can't remember anything anymore. Um, Good fact. <laughs> for your first favorite author. Yeah. Third favorite author. Oh, Third. I know my worth. I know my worth. <laughs> but but for uh, Walter's his prize stallion. Yes. You know what I mean? The one that was obviously he woke up that following morning after the meeting. With mm-hmm. the- with. Glorious horse head with the mm-hmm. horse head in bed, bloody silk sheets. Well, he didn't even know what it was. It's like you said, we talk about that shot. It's it's taking advantage of the space. That bed oh, is yeah. what maybe nine feet long <laughs> yeah. at best, yeah. and it takes us a solid yeah. thirty seconds to get from the head to the foot because <laughs> yeah. it starts at the top. Well, it starts like outside, and then yeah, and like from the window, and then in the room, and you're like, oh, what's, I know what's going on. And then you're like, mm-hmm. oh, I know yeah. what's going on. But that that horse, the horse head. Was a real horse head. Mm-hmm. Yes, it yes, was. I heard that. Yeah, it was not. Right? It was not that horse's real head. It was from. I, they, I guess they had a prop that was like bogus mm-hmm. and wasn't believable. <laughs> which they probably could have got away with at that time. But it, it, long story short, it was they. They found a local, which. Like a race, racing a glue horse factory. Like, no, it was a, it was a pet food factory. <laughs> it honestly was a pet food factory, but it was a horse head from a, a local pet food factory. Which, I wonder what Peta had to say. Yeah, I'm uh, sure that I'm like we said, times have around? changed. Yeah. So, were they around in seventy two? I don't know. They might have been. <laughs> they were glimmers. Although maybe not, because that's this is around the same time that like what Milo and Otis and all those animal movies were made. <laughs> and we tortured the shit out of them. <laughs> Jesus, we are a terrible, a terrible race. But at least we have resources. If you need a real horse head, <laughs> right. yeah. can't take that away from America. <laughs> we got what you need. 
<laughs> Holy smokes! But oh, yeah, no, that's fuck. a that's a big scene for sure. You know, it's one of the it's mm-hmm. one of the first that like shock values you into mm-hmm. like oh damn they're for well real. It, it's the first time that you're really privy to just how powerful Don Vito is. It's the first time he uses his influence to do anything mm-hmm. on on camera. And then I want to say immediately after it uh it leads into kind of the inciting incident of the film itself, which is uh the family the family has a sit down with uh, a, a guy who sells heroin and he wants to team up with what was the name of that it was a Salazza no the, the Salazza was Salazza yeah. but it was Tataglia's was the but they were they were the, comes to talk to him initially I thought it was a I thought it was the other way around maybe you're right uh, Salazza was the was the dealer yeah. and he wanted to, he wanted yes. the protection yeah, and the family was he wanted yeah. the protection yes. with the judges and, right. and the senators that, that the Corleone family had mm-hmm. and that's uh, why he came to Don Corleone exactly. first because he wanted that well, same protection theoretically first he wanted the same protection on his heroin mm-hmm. business they wanted to cut him a huge slice mm-hmm. we're talking at the time millions of dollars which yeah well huge. he flat out he flat out gives the numbers it's a 30% cut he in Don Corleone would have invested a million dollars and within I think he says three months he would have gotten uh, a three to four million dollar yeah, return. Yeah. So we're talking 1945 mm-hmm. money. That's yeah. probably closer to 20, 30 million dollars mm-hmm. today, mm-hmm. at least. At least, yeah. And then, yeah. So I mean, he with uh, going against the the wants of mm-hmm. of, of of Tom and Sonny. Mm-hmm. Um, like they were all they were all in the you know the lawyer and the oldest son were like, yes, let's do this. Look at the money that's to be made. Mm-hmm. You know, Vito being Vito takes it all in, internalizes it, and says, mm-hmm. "We're going to lose our yeah." As a family, we're going to lose our judges. We're going to lose our our ties with this with the House and Senate and this that and the other and our, our police. He's very tactical, yeah, exactly. Tactical and practical, absolutely. So, you know, he said it's a big no. We were not we're not getting involved with that. We're not going to be peddling heroin. It's it's mm-hmm. just not going to happen. That did not make the family very happy. I think with all, all the times that they bring up the, like, the political. People that Vito has in his pocket and all those influences, like, are the obvious reason that they're so successful. And the other families want to be on that level. Of course. Mm-hmm. But when they bring up like, and Michael's the one to say it when he's like, "I will kill, mm-hmm. I will kill the police commissioner and mm-hmm. one of the head sons." Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, that's like yeah. yeah when Vito was in the hospital. Yeah. 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 We'll get, yeah, that's it's it's heavy stuff. I mean, it's you know, I mean, but he's the Don. The Don. What the Don says goes, and so right. they. That's what, so that's let's how it let's, went. let's point out that again you couldn't do this in a movie today. This movie has been going for forty five to fifty ish minutes, and we are just now approaching yeah. the inciting incident mm-hmm. for everything that comes mm-hmm. after. And it's a wonderful setup. I wish we were patient enough to to take the time to set things up. I mean, I guess now we do series like this, like True Detective was yeah. able to tell a story yeah, over what twelve <clears throat> hours. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to film, we don't want to sit in a movie theater for three hours mm-hmm. in order to have a movie or a story really fleshed out. And that's unfortunate. I mean, a lot of it has to do with time alone. Just, you mm-hmm. know, everybody's on a paper chase nowadays. Yeah. Like it, well, and it's, a it's, it's almost a, a mental thing. Like, you're, you're more willing to binge four hour-long episodes of, of a show True. than you are to watch a two-and-a-half-hour yes, yes, movie. Because it, it changes. It feels, it feels like less time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Even though it's an hour longer. Um, so after that meeting, 
Yes. You know, stuff. A few things happen. Um, you know, blah blah. A few minor things happen. Minor things happen. What, what 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 comes next to you as far as if we're going to plot points? Luca Brasi. Luca Brasi. Luca Brasi. Now and. I don't know why this line always stuck out to me, but the Luca Brasi oh, sleep through the fishes. He's airing out his shirt, guys. He's airing out his shirt, people. This must be a good one. It, it, it just rained. It is sticky as fuck out here. <laughs> <laughs> we, we live in Chicagoland. This is the armpit of America. <laughs> That's Indiana. It's hot and sweaty. Um, but yeah, the, the murder of Luca Brasi. So th- this drug dealer knows that if he's going to get to... To the Corleone family, he has to take out their biggest muscle. And we were introduced to Luca Brazzi. We didn't really mention this, but we were introduced to Luca uh, at the wedding. Yeah. Like he, he, yeah, no, Shasta he didn't up. expect to yeah. be. Oh, you, you did. I brought you up did. that Michael talked to Kay about, you know, the yes. Mafia okay. Fuse, but yeah, at the, yeah, at yeah, the yeah. same time, we didn't mention what it was you're very saying small. Is, is Kay's like, who's that man who's talking to himself? Mm-hmm. That's, you know, he yeah. says that's the muscle essentially, but then there's that. He has a Luca scene with the Godfather. Talk, exactly. And that. instead of, it's, it's the one scene, backtracking a little bit, it's the one scene in Vito's office that does not include uh, anyone making. A request. Right, right, right. He's the only one that goes in and says, "Thank you for inviting me. I hope that their first, t- your daughter's first child, is a masculine, masculine child." <laughs> <laughs> and then yeah. he gives he gives him, you know, the the wedding gift of the the money in the envelope, and he I goes know you on his are way. A busy man, right? <laughs> and it's funny because he was like, "Is this necessary?" Like, <laughs> like the guy who's doing the most for like the entire family. There's not enough money in an envelope. You can fit, man. What is this? Is this twenty G's? Get, right. get the f out of here. <laughs> no, so it's it's this movie is great at setup and payoff. We're introduced to everybody early on, and even the Undertaker, like you were saying, he plays a pivotal role in the story. Two hours later, like you've forgotten that he was there, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then he shows up. You're like, oh shit, this is what he was talking it's about. The same thing with the Undertaker, who's the first guy to talk to Vito in that mm-hmm. first scene. It's like that's who takes. We'll get to mm-hmm. that. That's who takes care of Sonny. Take care of Sonny, yeah. And it's it just. Set up and pay off and set up and pay off. And I think part of that is the fact that you had both a successful author in on the screenwriting and you had a film write who they both know how storytelling works. And I mean, it, let's be real here. We're, we're working from a website where all of our written content is about storytelling. Mm-hmm. So if you want to take that, that avenue, these are two successful men who know how a story works and they know how to tell a 10 year long story in three hours mm-hmm. and the setup and payoff on the production level mm-hmm. and the directing mm-hmm. also comes through as I mean it, it, I think it shines a light on the family as well I mean that's how they get down they're setting setting it up mm-hmm. it's a business it's a family yeah. set up and payoff set up and, and, it's, you, it's and a business. you get a they're good portion of those 10 years over the three hours too mm-hmm. you know what I mean it doesn't like Huge. yes you can say some movies span over 30 years within an hour and a half mm-hmm. but how much this covers at each point in mm-hmm. time and how pivotal each one of those things is. is you could is. almost so most 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 American movies are set on like a three act structure. You could almost argue that this movie takes a lot of uh, a lot of cues from Kurosawa, the Japanese director, and it does like a five act film, where the inciting incident happens in the second act, mm-hmm. but. Everything, every, every all the lead up. It, that's not the peak of the film. Mm-hmm. In most American films, the the peak of the film is the second act, and then you've got the resolution. In this movie, we have introduction, inciting incident, aftermath, 
Uh, and then we have the prequel yeah. and everything too. Like, we've we've got yeah. those two extra steps that allow the audience time to breathe and take in what's going on. It's so important in a movie. And it's no like, joke. It's film. literally only an extra thirty minutes. Mm-hmm. But you throw those extra two acts in there, and it slows down the story enough mm-hmm. to be digestible. And it, it makes it... I really think that's one of the things that makes this such a timeless film. I agree. It's, it's going to be remembered for as long as the human race I has agree. movies. 100%. 100%. So, talking about the inciting incident, um, you need some of this, Shasta? No, yeah. Okay. You sure? Yeah, I still want to no, you're all good. Um, so after they they eliminate Luca Brasi, it is after, right, that they they hit Don Corleone. I believe so. It's like one and then the next. Yeah. Well, he's you know that's I guess that's yeah the yeah next because uh, because but they still don't realize that it was it was one before the other, but they still didn't realize that. You get you want to tag that? <laughs> Go get that. Go get that real quick. Nah, it's okay. But. <laughs> Um, okay, who's they, the audience member who didn't turn their phone off? When they still Sorry. threaten like Luco to retaliate for mm-hmm. for Vito, they still Luca's dead already. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like yeah. They, they don't they don't even. They're trying. They're literally trying yeah. to get him so on the Vito phone. So Vito was hit, but it's like Luca's already dead. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And you know that's a kind of a cool thing to play into as well. I mean, Vito's out. He's not. He's just doing his his regular regular family man stuff. He's going to the market. Um, mm-hmm. I believe he's picking up some. Some apples and oranges, yeah, or something like that. And you know, if it, I'm if gonna it get, was apples, I'm gonna get oranges, some fruit. Get some fruit, you know. And so he's left alone for just a just a, a few minutes, you know. Fredo's and, with him, and this is this is winter time at that point in the movie, <laughs> which I thought right. in the Bronx was like, <laughs> I was like, my man's got like big red apples, he's got the like, and, you know, just like no snow anywhere. It's the dawn, it's the dawn, it's the dawn. What's phenomenal about that film? So you're you're pointing out that he said there is no dialogue in that moment, mm-hmm. from the moment from the time that Fredo gets back in the car mm-hmm. until Vito hits the ground. Mm-hmm. After and Vito he's hits shot. the ground as he's, he's it's the only time he's he's running. Mm-hmm. You know he's he's running. yeah it is the only he, time he, he hears, runs away. He hears uh, some footsteps mm-hmm. and then he hears some um, some. Well, it's almost running. like his spider so sense he, kicks exactly because these guys are around it's the corner. Perfect time, yeah. And he's so he's, he drops he the bag knows. of oranges or fruit or whatever mm-hmm. he had. If it is oranges, it's good because it goes into the yeah. Godfather too. You know that yeah. sweet part. But I think that's why they he did drops the it. Goes and as he's as he's he's got shot. I think they it was something like ten rounds or something like that. He gets hit, he gets shot five times. But I think there was like ten shots fired. Something like yeah. that. I think it's well. Know, they, you know they, people they, these guys these are movies, terrible so. shots. Let's point this out. They <laughs> shot, shot even revolver. even even if you <laughs> yeah, fast right. forward to the point where Sonny gets shot, he's laying on the ground and the guy pull oh. shoots the Tommy gun, hits him three times. Yeah. <laughs> There's so, like 50 dudes at the total. Well, yeah. they, they, Let's get there later. All yeah, right. they're, they're terrible shots. <laughs> you're right, you're right. Terrible shots. Well, they shots. wanted to send a point at that point. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, so Vito drops the bag, gets shot, and he falls onto the car and lays on the curb. Mm-hmm. I think this is um, a big point because now you see kind of who Fredo is. Because... Um, mm-hmm. He doesn't his, call for help. His father, yeah, his father is laying there shot. He and just he doesn't even defeat. try to help him. He literally, mm-hmm. I think, I think the words are close to, um, 
I can't do it. I can't do it, Dad. I can't mm-hmm. do it. I can't do it. You know, he just he puts his hands in his in, his head in his hands, mm-hmm. and he gives up. He gives up. He's he's he he's, the, he's the weakest he member of the family. He, well, he, I think he tried to put up. He could. Oh, he fumbles over the gun. I remember yeah, that. Yeah, he fumbles. He fumbles yeah, absolutely. It, but it's like he almost didn't. Try. This is heartbreaking. I know. It's almost time to have a drink for. Yeah. For let's, Navi right all right. Here, so right. let's let's Don pop Vito open the second let's, bottle of wine let's, here. Let's swap out. And as we're opening more wine, here's right. another little intro track from our producer, Shasta. <laughs> Tooting his own home. But he's good. <laughs> Pass me your glass there, Gregarious. Thank you, sir. What do we got now, Josh? All right. So the second wine that we are working with is a Lodi Cabernet mm, uh, from Cask and Barrel. It is a 2017. Um... It is aged in uh, Kentucky bourbon barrels, and I've personally never had this wine, but um, I wanted to stick with the the theme of, uh, you know, the mafia was known for, for rum running and, and, and bootlegging, so uh, this wine is is, ra- is aged in a uh, an American liquor from about that time. You know, not, not a whole lot on the nose. It's kind of bland on the nose. It's, got some, it's true. You know, it's not as it's not as pungent. It's not as pungent. Lesson. It's not it's not as sharp as you would expect a a cab to be. She's dripping hard though in the legs. Let's Holy see. shit, that is very bourbony. Let's see. Yeah, that's a really sweet cab. There's no there's almost no tannin to that at all. I get it at the back end, not up front. It's really it's really really slight. It's not dry at all. It's a very sweet wine. Covers the tongue well. Like yeah, it. and it's not heavy. Like that's one of the things I love about cabs. If you get a nice cab, oh, like that's my favorite. You don't you don't have to have an expensive wine to have a good wine. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just like <laughs> the the market has has snowed people into thinking that you have to spend a whole lot of money mm-hmm. on on wine to have a good wine. And I'm not saying that those good good I paid, wines. I bought are I brought three bottles of wine with, with me today, mm-hmm. and it cost me about forty bucks total. And there's things you can do to make these True. shitty wines better. I've, I've had worse bottles of forty dollar wines than each one. Of them <laughs> yeah, so far. that so is I a mean, very good point. I mean, it's, it's very good point. You have to first of all know know where your your wine is coming from. So like Lodi is really popular. Um, Sonoma is really yeah, popular. Yeah. Napa is overrated Snapa, in yeah. my opinion. I mean, that everybody. I think it, at one point it was the end all be all. Oh, absolutely. Uh, but since the vineyards, have, they go in cycles. And they're overpopulated and overproduced mm-hmm. and over, you know, and overbought. Uh, yes, they, they kind of lost their their uh, the luster, their steam. Yeah. Well, and I, I think one of the places that and we'll get around to very smoky though, very smoky wine. That let me take another sip here. We'll post pictures of each one of these wines too. Yeah. This, this, Ooh, yeah, this I podcast, do get a little smoky. So you guys can get the label and can find mm-hmm. it. It's good. I don't mind this one too much. I mean, yeah, I like a straightforward cab. This is not necessarily that this uh, is this this gives me a lot of blend feels yeah i agree with that it, it feels like the, it's multiple like it's, it's almost got a uh uh a shiraz feel okay. or or uh a zin blend zin, zin, zin. but it's it's it, i enjoy this this is really good yeah it's not too bad not um too bad. but yeah i mean you can going back to what greg was saying about making a, a quote-unquote shitty wine better one of the easiest things you can do is just pop the bottle open and let it sit for ten minutes. Yeah, hundred percent. You let a you let a bottle of wine breathe, and it's it's going to really come to life. Yep. Second thing, I mean, 
it's it's a really easy thing to do. It's mm-hmm. just run it through an aerator. They sell them for cheap, fifteen yeah. bucks. You can just you dump literally the bottle of wine, mm-hmm. and I mean, you, you typically want a decanter of some yeah. type. You yeah. just to kind of open it up. That like Josh said, let it breathe, and then when you decant or aerate, you're opening up everything. Mm-hmm. So we're not getting the full effect on these wines as it should be tasted. You know, as far as doing the hoity-toity right, there's gonna, level. It's, 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 we're, 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 we're mm-hmm. suburbanites. Well, you've got to you got to think about you, you got to think about a wine as like a rose a, a rosebud. So Ooh. when when you first pop open that bottle of wine, that that rose is still beautiful, but it hasn't bloomed yet. Mm. If you give that that rose a cup a little bit of time to to open up, it suddenly becomes a completely different That's flower. That's kind of how I feel about you. Oh yeah, oh yeah. You want to expand on it? <laughs> I know so you're gonna expand. Let's get back. Right. You know what we're we talking about? All right, here. Back to the back to the story. Right, so Vito's Vito's been theoretically whacked. At this point, we don't know if Vito's still alive. Yes, we don't. There's only um, only commotion on the hospital level mm-hmm. and um, what's going on. And Michael shows up. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not sure where Fredo is in this. I, I, it kind of escapes me. Fredo, I think, I think he goes back to mom's house. Yeah, he goes to mom's house, puts his face yeah. in a pillow in a dark room, and you know, yeah, he just kind of hangs out. Does what he does. Um, yeah, he's he's Sonny's he pissed. Sonny's Sonny's furious. pissed. He wants revenge right away. He knows exactly who did mm-hmm. it. This, that, and the other. Um, and I know another big part for me that I I really thought this was a big part of the movie and a turning point for Michael um, mm-hmm. is when his dad is in the hospital. Um, Michael's trying to get in, mm-hmm. and he's blocked off by the police. Even, even I think the commissioners even well that that comes later so is that what, okay I'm sorry yeah, yeah so he he does get in yes just just yeah yeah okay, and he, okay. he's let, let's talk about that first okay. so because this is a key point for Michael's development well two key points for Michael's development oh yes the first I know what you're gonna say yep the first is that Michael Michael uh, I got it written down here um, one hour and six minutes into this movie whether he knows it or not. Michael chooses to be his father's successor because his his dad is comatose. He's in the hospital. He's and and he sits down next to me. and Goes, I'm here, Dad. I'm, I'm here. here. Yep. And that, that is the moment right there, yep. he becomes the next in line, and he chooses at least subtle. To so be his father's I don't think son. he really knows it right away. I think. I, yeah, I don't think he knows think until that, he comes back from Sicily. Yeah, that's that's the big one. Um, but that's, that's when where he, he, chooses. he kind of he kind of. Separates himself when before at the beginning said that's my family it's not me now mm-hmm. it become his it be, just yeah, became this his is fucking me. family this is, yeah so huge point right mm-hmm. there um, and on you're right the other thing that happens in that hospital scene um, is you you get a, a good glimpse at just how smart Michael is he walks in he realizes there are no guards mm-hmm. in the entire hospital that's what I was getting there's at too with nobody around yep. and. He goes and he goes, where the fuck are the guards yep. that were supposed to be on my father? She's like, well, the police cleared them out 15 mm-hmm. minutes ago. He's like, all right, we're in trouble. Yep. There are men that are going to come and kill my father. Yep. You and I are going to move him to he another room. He speaks very, very plainly. Mm-hmm. Very slow, like just mm-hmm. like his dad. He does. He, he, this is the moment where he is the most like Vito. Yep. The, throughout this film, he and changes he and becomes his it, own man. But he is the embodiment of his father in so. this moment. So he, uh, he and the nurse move... Vito to another room and he keeps an eye out for who comes to get them and thankfully somebody comes along pardon and it's somebody they can trust and it, it this guy they go outside and they kind of scare off the hitmen that are coming to yeah. get to get his dad because there's a police president presence mm-hmm. outside but not in the room now the third thing and this is 
it feels subtle when you look back on it, but the movie really pounds it home. The scene where uh, Michael and that guy have a cigarette, Michael is stone cold. Mm -hmm. He just pulls the cigarette to his mouth, lights it up, takes a drag. The other guy is shaking like a leaf to the point where Michael has to light the guy's cigarette for him. And he pats him on the shoulder and he goes, you did, you did good. You did my father a service. Mm-hmm. Yep. To never be forgot. Mm-hmm. So, and once you do a service for that family, yeah. you are in their yeah, good graces. Yeah, you are in their good graces. <laughs> so we, we have these very godfather moments for Michael. Mm-hmm. Like there's three of them in this, in this, scene, in this series of Cause scenes. Because he's the only one there. Mm-hmm. And it, it sets him up as the better successor than Santino, mm-hmm. Sonny. Or obviously his brother Fredo. Dealing with the family first, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. it's how it goes. I mean, he, I feel like he's the Michael's the only one who ever is as far away as he, as he wanted to get from his father and his the family. Mm-hmm. They're the most alike. Yes, um, they shout out the mother a few times. You know, she's not really part of it. You know, but mm-hmm. <clears throat> he kind of always thought everybody always thought that he was soft and like he was. He took mm-hmm. do, he's he's a mama's boy kind of thing. Yeah. Because he was small, you know, small stature, not mm-hmm. soft spoken, but talk kind of like Vito, you yeah. know, and, and slower. So yeah, no, you're, you're well, spot and on. I, I mean, this is where where my my inner nerd is really going to shine through. So you can kind of you make got an outer nerd too, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I love you, Josh. They can't see that. They can only hear me. Radio um, killed the radio. <laughs> I don't know what song that is. <laughs> video. Well. We're yes. about, video may have killed the radio star, but we're the radio stars and we're coming back. We're coming back. Shock. We should cut a promo like that. <laughs> Where the hell is Shasti? Shasti steps away for a moment and suddenly we go off the rails. It's okay. Um, but so my inner nerd has to come to come to bear here because in modern you could I call comic books literature because there's a lot of really good stuff that happens in graphic novels. So you can make the comparison between the Corleone men. And what they call the Bat Family. So Batman is obviously Vito. He's the best of everything. <laughs> You're going there, huh? He's got so Vito's got everything. Yep. Vito's got the mind. He's got the strength. What about he's the got the background. Belt? Vito's got the utility belt. <laughs> so, in in this comparison, all of all of the sons are various Robins. So in in the comic books, um, the first Robin, Dick Grayson. He's he's the most physically capable, and you could you could make the argument that that is, uh, but he he's the most physically capable uh, as, as far as far as crime fighting. So we can make the, the argument that Michael is uh, is that Robin, and Sonny is more like the second Robin, who he's he's much more emotionally driven. He's angry. He what drives him forward is his desire to find justice and to be on top. Um, and those are both elements of both Vito and Batman. So these, these guys have... Vito has trained his sons to be like him, but his sons zeroed in on parts of his personality that they wanted to impersonate or, or uh, embody. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So Sonny, Sonny is the emotional, bombastic, like we're going to be it's on the, the top. Bombastic. We will... <laughs> The uh, Sonny doesn't want a war to last. He wants it to. to he wants to win. Mm-hmm. You know, win the day. Ruth, right now. He mm-hmm. wants it right now. Right. He now. he wants to go for the throat immediately. And that's kind of what we're going. And Michael for. is is more of the thinker. 
and he's he's more he's more capable of doing what mm-hmm. his father does, but he's not Vito, mm-hmm. and that comes into play over the next three fucking movies, yeah, or the sure. next two movies. And so, like, when you're talking about the cigarette outside and all that mm-hmm. good stuff, and then Michael tries to re-enter and all that kind of stuff, and mm-hmm. he's stopped by the police captain, mm-hmm. um, and he's he's McCluskey. McCluster, McCluskey, something <laughs> I like, like that. There were races with that. that the, Seriously, the Polish police commissioner <laughs> the, was the, like. Doing no, he's a, no, he's, no, he's, he's clearly Irish. He's Irish clearly as heck. Spud. Mc, McCluskey. Okay, McCluskey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A New York police captain who's an Irishman. McCluskey. Yeah, no, so they they get into it, um, and, and Michael calls him out, like, what are you doing? There's nobody guarding my father. There's no mm-hmm. one guarding my father. And uh, that McCluskey tries to inter- interject and mm-hmm. Say you're interfering. You're interfering mm-hmm. with police work. Blah blah blah. And Michael punch, calls him the and, fuck out. Yeah, absolutely. And but then to the end of that point, McCluskey punches Michael in the face, breaks his jaw, clocks breaks him, jaw, clocks yeah. him real good. Which I'd like to pause you there. They did it like there are continuity errors in a lot of movies. This movie was so meticulous. Why? So Michael does not move his teeth until his jaw is is healed, like months later. No, it's like years, I feel like it's years. It might be years yeah. later. Well, that's he's like, he's that, in Sicily yeah, hiding. After. So they, they flat out say that Michael's jaw is wired shut, and he does not move his teeth when he speaks mm-hmm. until way later. All right, right. Well, so, so you don't, so it's not something before. you think about, it's something that I looked for in this watch Yeah, that's through. a good one, yeah. That's like they one. they paid attention to Absolutely. the details enough that Michael's not opening his and mouth. So now while his after all that broke. stuff, the, now <laughs> now the now the family comes in and they're like, "No, back off, McCluskey. We got this, dude. We brought our own personal um, yeah um, investigators. Uh, you know, this is hired by the family. Blah blah blah. So they back off. They, this is know? where the conciliary they comes in. Yeah, when they were gonna pull the hit, it was just yep. the guy dropping off the flowers. Yes, yeah. and he. Michael throws him in and puts up his collar. Well, the guy, the guy they, they that got the to, flowers wasn't the hitman. And no, I know that's not what I'm saying. Oh, yeah, what, right. what, I, what I'm saying is that it wasn't necessarily like um, when when all the hired hitmen came up that Greg's talking about. Mm-hmm. That was after Michael and this yes. random dude who was just coming to visit with flowers. Mm-hmm. Michael's like, "You want to do the family a favor? Stand here." Pulls up. His do you happen collar. to remember that guy's name? It, I, I want to say it was. Um, I can't know. I can't he did like I'd love to see what else that actor has done because he did a great job of. Oh, just, you mean his? Oh, his, like the, the character's name? Yes, I, no, but I, the no the actor. No idea. Like Solozo? he played that character to to a T. <laughs> <laughs> Slime ball. Slime ball. Where's that empty bottle of wine? All right, we are just about. Here's the empty one. We are Thank just you. about an hour of the way through, and I feel like as far as the the time lapse for the movie, we're about an hour and a half way through, which is also mm-hmm. maybe yeah. halfway. So. Yeah. You want to do a quick plug break? Yeah, quick. yeah, we can do some some plugs. Let's. Josh, uh, what you got I. Uh, I am the uh, <clears throat> progenitor of the the podcast network, uh, The Price Is Right. Um, it is also a website. We do uh, articles and and breakdowns of elements of storytelling. Um, we we talk about directors. We talk about we talk about authors, books, stories, anything that has to do with storytelling. We're gonna break it down, and we're gonna we we talk about how to be a better storyteller, how certain stories have worked, things that didn't work. Um, you, I am also, as Greg likes to point out, and I always forget, I am a published author. Josh, didn't Never you write forget. a book? Never forget. Did I did I write a book? Didn't you write a book? Re- oh yeah, oh. I wrote a book. I wrote a book. Uh, it is a. Young adult novel. It is the first in a series. Uh, it's called Reaper. Um, it's about uh, a college-age kid who makes friends with a 
with a zombie that he meets in a funeral home, and they go on some wild adventures to save the world from uh, some dudes that died a while back. I could give you more details. Without but, giving it all away. Yeah. <laughs> I suggest I suggest you read the book. Greg, what do you got for plugs? Man? Read the book. Well, plugs. Plugs. You You've got it. another podcast, don't you? Uh, you know, I do. It's called The Suburbanite Insight. Um, and I'm with my man here, Josh Price, again. Oh, under, I'm on that, too? I think so. You know, know And that one gets a little bit crazy. I'm going to apologize <laughs> right off the bat um, because I get a little heated on some of these subjects. And also, I tend to drink a little bit too much on these subjects, which <laughs> I, I have to stop that. Um, so, <laughs> but no, it's good. It's a, it's, it's a, I would like to call it easy listen, but it's a hard listen. And we touch base on a lot of things. I mean, mm-hmm. from everywhere, anything from music, modern day day-to-day happenings, um, future things that we, we foresee past And we events, don't even really know where it's going to go from. We don't know. Right. You know, and you, you, we you'll tell. Start we kind of we go on tangents. Well, we, you know? We've talked about race and hip-hop. Um, we had a, we've got a mini-sode coming out soon, uh, or by the time this airs, it'll have already happened, about uh, the Great Emu War of Australia. Oh, that's um, we've got an episode coming up uh, about really growing up in the church. Yep, yep, yep. Um, we'll, we'll do Twitter and stuff later. And also, i got to let my man Shasta here. Yeah. He's got a lot of stuff in the works. He's, he's our producer, the man behind we got it. a few things in the works that we will definitely talk more and more about. But are we doing Twitter stuff later? We well, I mean, let's... The song you're listening to right now, that's actually a Shasta original production. Tell us a little bit about that. This is uh, something coming up on my next little um, mixtape, which will probably be my first mixtape, which I want to turn into more of... Um, a short album rather than just um, a producer's beat tape. So I have some very, I have some very talented friends that I have asked to help me out with um, uh, lyrics and songwriting and all the stuff I don't do. So I can like attest I, to that. They're a great group of guys. So this is gonna be a little, a little five song hip hop project with, um, with super talented people that you guys will learn to hear about and love. Uh, you can find me, Shasi Got Bands, on Twitter, Bands with a Z. Get back into it? Yeah, let's dive back into it. Let's get back into it. Thanks, guys. So, Vito Corleone has been shot, and he's in the hospital. He is not dead. Mike's been punched in the face. Mike's been punched in the face. He's had his jaw broken. Sonny's uh, twisted and all riled yeah, up. Yeah, Sonny's ready to cut some heads Who off. Who the hell knows where Fredo is? Still sitting in a <laughs> dark place still in, his, in his little cave. Well, I think this is the point. Where, is this where they send Fredo to to Vegas? Oh, that could be. Because all right, so we're gonna. Oh, okay. We've we've been <laughs> we've been we've been talking for for a while. Let's let's catch up to the movie. Um, so uh, Michael sits down with his brothers, and they decide that uh, he's going to uh, be the one to take out the police captain and the drug dealer that put the hit out on. Or and Sonny, Sonny says, "No way, it's gonna be me." Yeah, no so way. Sonny, Sonny is—he's still halfway through this movie, or a little over halfway through this movie. He still doesn't want Michael involved in the family business. He's trying to maintain his innocence and his his purity. Michael says, "Fuck that, I'm all in." So they they sit down, they make a plan where Michael is going to perform the hit on these two guys, and there's also a police informant on that. Yeah, so is this it's the, it's the, this it's is the this the is where the movie starts to starts to get jumbled a little bit for me. Yeah, is this same, where same. we get to uh 
leave the gun, take the cannolis, or is yeah. that during the? No, that was that's during that's, the Godfather ceremony. Yeah, that's early. Okay, so yeah. that's later. Yeah. That's later. So at this point, it's just the just the captain and this is where it's planted, the, the gun's dealer. planted in the in the men's. Yeah, room. so that that's the only plan going on. Because right gotcha. gotcha. Michael's gotcha. not connected technically to the family, right. so they decided that it would be the best for him. Yeah, and all that stuff happens. Mike's like, Michael heck comes yeah, back. Yeah, that's right. That's all, right. Okay, I'm sorry. So I the gun gets the gun gets movie. planted in in the but when they come in, in the, the men's room, the gun to get planted is also when they're like I said before, they didn't even realize Luke is dead yet when they're still talking about bringing their muscle. Because Michael's supposed to sit by the phone. But they get they get the bulletproof vest with. The fish in it, mm-hmm. which is the Sicilian message that you know Luke is sleeping with the fish. Something I noticed this watch through that I had not gotten before was Sonny didn't know what that was. He gets and he's like, "What the fuck is this?" I, I, I think, that's the exact. Line. I think I, I watched it. Okay, I'm gonna so, go out and just saying too. I watched it yesterday. Well. <laughs> so, right, but, just in preparation. I, I was just gonna say that I was thinking that too, especially how Sonny's like that dude. Mm-hmm. He, he like. He's the one who's going to take over. It's not yeah. Michael. You know what I mean? And he's, he didn't know. He's that dude. But I, did, I think he didn't know from a writer's standpoint to explain mm-hmm. it to the audience. That's fair. That's, it. That's a really like, good point. Cause they a say, little bit of a hole in the plot say, right there. That's good. They literally say, it's just, it's like, uh, oh, Sonny doesn't know. Yeah. Like, it's two other guys Sonny talking about know. it. And he like, leaves a whisper. Yeah. It's a Sicilian all So is it, is it Clemenza so, that says <laughs> that or is it the other guy? It's Clemenza. Okay. Well, and then also I didn't realize too, because he's out of his police uniform. Uh, it's McCluskey sitting at the table with yes with with yeah that's yeah, that's, yeah. that's the whole point is, yeah. is the because they have that <laughs> argument in the house where yeah, Sonny's Sonny's like this fucking guy yeah. he he he's taking it a little too personally he wants to take out the police captain and we've never made a hit on the police in our entire yep. existence he's like, yeah. and it's the first uh, citizen or um, civilian kill that Michael will but be when having. he mm-hmm. says that they had to teach him how that's to close, his, close that's range stomping they had to teach him close when, range when he says shooting. that they they laugh at Michael they laugh at Michael mm-hmm. at first you know what I mean they're like oh, Sonny goes up to him war hero coming home from the yeah. Murder, murder of police commissioner about I was gonna say that before but we were too early the influence that they had with the political powers and people mm-hmm. that they had in his pocket at this point in time like you can see it holding up way more is that the, the mm-hmm. they had the newspapers Michael's mm-hmm. one was like we yes have, we have the newspapers but like meanwhile the other five heads of the family they want the political powers mm-hmm. Michael's yeah. like you yeah. know we can use media you, can, you know, you see how you social media to that is today. such a big yeah. thing today. And yeah. it's like, Michael's like, we, we have the, he's like, hey guys, we have the media. Like, I'm smart. They're like, how can that help us? And he's like, no, like, it would look great. You know, they could write it as a, like yeah. a, a police commissioner who's caught up in the rackets. Yeah. And the worst rackets in the country was taken out at the same time that one of the heads were taken out. You know what yeah. I mean? It's like almost, you kill him with Tatulia at the same time. Daglia. And you have somebody in the, in and yeah, social media to make a poster, but I don't know. It's well, to tell you, super relevant though. No, you G- pull out the the newspaper card. Yeah, yeah. and it's it, that's that's super prevalent today, where the it's kind of a you put a you put a bridle in a horse's mouth. You control the head. You control the whole horse. Even though it's a what a three a two thousand pound animal, mm-hmm. you control it using. We're gonna talk Nothing about that too, because Mike's been Mike's been MIA since his father and didn't give Kay any kind of mm-hmm. word. His wife. He's, yes. She, well, hold he said I don't know. She yeah, asked when I'm gonna see you. Well, this, to yeah, be fair, he said. Well, I don't Michael. Know. Well, the they do explain that because when when Michael goes to pull the hit, um, Sonny pulls him aside and goes, "Hey, I'm gonna tell mom like you couldn't come around when it feels safe. We're gonna tell Kay." Or he says that girlfriend of yours. Um, Right, the, the so whole time they, you're yeah. totally, it's just like, and that's that's another thing. Like the the sexism of both the culture and the time yeah. comes through, 
but it's way less noticeable than the racism because the racism is is words they're they're not they're not tossing around you know words like cunt when it comes to women they're throwing around racial stuff no they just completely made up a character it's the it's just the way they set them to the side with the exception of Connie yes Connie is the only woman in the film well and to the extent mom but she's kind of a side character Connie Connie is allowed to be her own person don't jump ahead too far well, the, yeah, that, that comes later. But, I mean, her, her wedding kind of kicks off the story. Well, so I think yes, we can point you know, out we're right, we're right, we're right she's there. introduced we're right, right alongside with yeah. the boys. But she's the only female in the film that is given any sort of personal agency. Mm-hmm. And yet, at the same time... Everyone else seems helpless. Yeah, and, and she, there's, there's a point where even though she knows she's not helpless, even though she knows she has all this power behind even though her, she's gonna beat she off. does. And yeah. like, like Greg said, we will get to that. Yeah. It's... The things this movie has to say, we so could much. fill nine well, so fucking much. hours. Now, now, so now, now, here we go. Um, Michael's done the hit. Mm-hmm. It's done. Vito is awake now. We know that he's yeah. alive. He's, he's so this is our act three. If we're doing the five if, act if, thing, he's, he's he's alive. He's doing well. Um, he learns that Michael pulled this hit off because he thought it was Sunny. Yeah, at first, and he Ma- asks where Michael, Michael is, and, and Don Vito brings into not. Goes from a man of power to a man of weak, not necessarily weakness, but mm-hmm. a man of family, a man of why mm-hmm. the fuck did Michael do this? Do you, why, do you think Mike, that plays... I never wanted this for Michael. Michael never mm-hmm. wanted this for himself, and he, he breaks down and he cries. Mm-hmm. That's the, it's you know it, it it adds an element of humanity to, mm-hmm. you know they do this a really good boss. job of keeping keeping these characters human, and you're you're absolutely spot on. Now, you and I. Both have sons at home, but we're you know they're they're only children at this point. And I'm not um, a leader of a mafia. Well, I'm, I mean, my my son has a has a sister, but as yes. far as I'm concerned, I, I I have my son. Yeah. Um, you've got your boy. Mm-hmm. Now, in my opinion, the way Don Vito treats and talk well, more talks about Michael, it shows a little bit of favoritism. Do you think that might have played into? Sonny's characterization is like I need to be the strong one so that Dad likes me as as much as he likes. You know, Michael. maybe because um, Michael was a Michael was a war hero. I don't really think I don't think at the honestly I I know what you're saying and I don't think Sonny has the mental capacity to think like that. He, really, uh, you know, I mean, he's he never sheds he, he never brings like the sense of family home. He, he's, like, he's always he the hot man. He shields him away from it the whole mm-hmm. time. I think that I think Michael. Just well, yes, like, he's protecting his brother, but he's never. Yeah, like, but I mean, he was like looked at him like he was crazy when he said he wanted to kill the. the, the yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? The, well, it's the, only because Michael said he didn't want to be a part of the family. Yeah, right, but and I they think, all try to protect I think him from it was him. more. I don't think it was any. I don't think it was anybody's influence. Stronger than Michael, just snapping after his father. I hundred percent agree. Got yeah, and then, or got an attempt on him, and, and, and he did so much to save him after that too, yep. and sat back down. And and, and, and look at look at it, look at in hindsight from that. I mean, you look if if it was going to be Sunny to pull that hit, it, it would be it would be linked. Mm-hmm. But since Mike wasn't part of the family, wasn't part of the FBI investigation, wasn't part of the, mm-hmm. the exactly. family, they could you know, get him out without so retribution. It's, it's easy. And, but it was like he was the only one who saw that. Mm-hmm. Now, at the same time, and they can't place well, anybody else, and that's why now we're shot into Sicily. Yeah. So this is this is where and the movie his, gets. And his he still has bruises on. Yeah. His yeah. Face. <laughs> that's oh, where yeah, I, like the I said the Chronicle order got the entire. And that's what I'm. Yeah, getting, that's yeah. what I'm going plot, to oh, now. Oh, I, well, maybe the, the no, you're one, of, right. one of like a handful, possibly of plot holes that weren't 
the timeline gets confusing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because Michael says, when can I come back? And Sonny goes, I don't know, at least a year. And Kay's like been gone. Like she's like, yeah. after that whole thing, like you never even hear about Kay. She's, she's, a, she's, a, she's a side character as far as conversation goes, but you don't see her. So... Go see him. We, <laughs> um, did you guys have trouble kind of following the timeline? A little bit after that. Yeah. So this fourth, and the, this third, well, especially in Italy, I think they did they mm-hmm. give. The like, only, do they give like mm-hmm. three months later it's, it's, at all? Or no, like no, not throughout the whole. Moment. It's just no. Me, well, no, I know, not through the whole ten years. But they, there's moments in conversation where they're like, "Oh, it's been this amount of time," but. When he it exactly. goes so okay. fast. That was that was yeah. the only one, and even though it, it was, well, a, it, was said it was it was present, you know? right? But when he comes back from when Michael comes back from Sicily and mm-hmm. sees Kay for the first time, yeah, after after his fiance got blown up, by right? Arya, he's like, I've well, his back wife for, at that point, but he's like, I've been back for a year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's exactly. You know so, what I mean? So we've got we've got these indicators. in while he's in Sicily, There's halfway half, what, when he first gets to Sicily, his mouth is still wired shut because we can see that in in all of his conversations. In the beginning, when he first meets the bodyguards and stuff, his his teeth don't move. But when he goes and he meets um, Apollonia, 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 love at first sight, love Bologna. at first sight, Apollonia, um, yeah, love, talk about love at first sight. Um, <laughs> You're an Oscar Mayer fan. <laughs> <laughs> um, when he goes in and he he winds up talking to her father, he's moving his mouth again. So that's been yeah. however yeah, long. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Right? But they say like because he it. has mm-hmm. um, uh, you, uh, so he and so. The, you translate. Hit, yeah, translate. Yeah, is one of the, the hitmen. That hitman. That may be the Fabrizio. second. Yes, Fabrizio. That is the second worst betrayal in the entire movie. Yep. He dips. Yeah, he just, like he looks over his shoulder, and, and we're we're fast. Let, let's just get. I to the wanted to, I wanted to get that guy, I and mean, I I would yeah. punch him in the face myself. And through the TV, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like that was some dirty. Like you were boys. Dirty, dirty, dirty. You shit. you've been through some shit at that. In the point. hometown shit, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, and they make a point to say Fabrizio's name is a character. I remember that because yeah. they made a point to say that's Fabrizio, and he's gonna betray Michael. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? I don't remember the other guy's name who was. The, I'll get the bags for your boss. You know yeah. what I mean? It was like on top of everything. Like you don't remember that guy's name, but mm-hmm. he definitely made a point. To well, Fabrizio is the is the translator. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. He's the he's the guy that Michael trusts enough to translate his link. words from. That yeah. was the link for Chicago. And then for, I'm sorry. we've also got enough time. <laughs> we've got enough time for Michael Beep. to learn <laughs> Italian completely. Like he he spoke <laughs> enough. <laughs> yeah. Here. Well, he still, he knew second, enough Italian to kind yeah. of get by, but by the between the time where he meets Apollonia's family and when they're having that dinner, he learns enough Italian to have a fucking conversation. Well, if you second, think about that he's, dinner, he's second gen. I mean, he grew up in the family. With his true. Mom and dad. I mean, it's, it's got to be some some of it's got to stick. Some of it's going to stick. However, to go from barely conversational to fluent takes time. So, so how fucking long was he in Italy? I mean, I think it's. I mean, to to I mean, dodge, this to movie dodge takes a, ten to years. To dodge a murder case, I mean, it's, it has to be. I would assume it has at least to, three months, at least is, six months. You know? I would say longer, yeah. because remember the the first scene in this movie takes place in 1945, and the final scene in this movie takes place in 1955. So I would peg this movie or this movie this scene in 1951. Okay, just just after yeah okay. Then that's that's just when he's getting married. The civil unrest and the turmoil is kind of mm-hmm. you know he's still in Italy, but he comes mm-hmm. back and there's nearly no mention of any of right. the war. So 
and maybe even later. Maybe maybe this conversation happens in fifty three, and then maybe he goes back because there's a gap where we don't see where like Shasti was saying, he talks to Kay for the first time and he's like, yeah, I've been back a year. So we're in nineteen fifty four. So the last two acts of this film take place over a single year. Yeah, it's so, hard to kind of so parse this about, timeline together. But so yeah, you're right. You're right. That the whole dip out to Sicily is at least it's it's got three be. or four years. It's got to be gotta at be. least to just keep like you know create a mm-hmm. cold case or something because yeah. they all have alibis. And, and I'm sure I'm sure if I went back and I made a point of marking down the 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 times they talked about how much time has passed, we could figure out a specific timeline. But as far as I can parse for right now. We're in 1954, when Michael gets back together with Kay. So the last two acts of this film, the the fourth act is Michael is asked to be the godfather to Kay's child. And that's another thing that throws this fucking timeline into the loop, because she's pregnant for four years are we, still in, are we still in Sicily? No, we're back in America. We need to go back to Sicily. Maybe. Let's go back to Sicily. Um, so Michael, Michael's fiance, or Michael's wife at this point, they just got married. Apollonia. Yeah, okay, Apollonia. I know where you're going. Um, and his there face was a is still out. swollen from one of the... Yeah. <laughs> Four that, years that, ago. That's what I'm saying. So maybe, that's what it might be, I think we have the timelines later, maybe. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. But, it's um, tough. But, you know, so now, you know, there's a lot of, New things coming from the Tataglias and the other four families of yeah. of everything. So now there's a hit, you know, on Michael mm-hmm. because they know the deal and it made its way to Sicily across across, and then who, across who, the ocean. Who did who bridged that gap between the hit from the states and Sicily where Michael's in the hiding? Is the translator yep. who probably has only the only Just American. However, I, I, this is not explicitly said in the film. Uh, it's the kind guy of a who it's kind of the a guy who. Uh, betrays Michael, not Clemenza. The 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 guy who's they thought it would be Clemenza, but it's the other guy. What's his name? Uh, the tall dude. Who's yeah, all, the like, tall older guy. Scusi, it's, uh, yeah, we can yeah, look it up. Right so, now. in my opinion, the he's the one who who orchestrated, who at least gave the information of where Michael was to whoever's going to hit him. Yes. Amazing. Yep. yep. <laughs> Boom. Yeah, it is amazing. It has to be. So the hit mm-hmm. is ordered, mm-hmm. and Mike's about to get in the car. You know, yeah, and, and he's teaching his wife how to drive because she's never driven a car before. This, right. that, and the other, and that's been going on for you know, what, however long weeks or years. <laughs> <laughs> who knows yeah. at that point? And we know so, it's not uh, decades. So he's, he's having a conversation. I forget with who, but um, she's excited to to jump in the car and to show Mike the, the other what, she, what she's learned. Yeah, you know, well, well, Michael's inside. He talks to Fabrizio first and says we're leaving. So he's like, I'll pull the car up for you. Mm-hmm. He's like, is your wife going? And there you go. And he says, no, she's mm-hmm. not coming with me. Yep. Yeah, and she wasn't going to go. Oh, I didn't notice that. Yeah, yeah. no, she wasn't going to go with him, but she wanted to pull. She was so excited. She wanted she to show was, Mike what, that she could do it by herself. She, 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 she was almost showing. She was almost showing like, you know, everyone out of the estate. I too. could do it. I could do it. I'm not. Exactly. I'm not my. Exactly. I'm not my yeah. father's yeah. daughter anymore. Says, I'm yours. No, he, uh, I'm going by myself. So he's like, I'm doing the head, and so she tries to show him what she can do, and she turns that key and. Yeah. Blamo, goodbye, Apollonia. Yeah. I feel like she was really getting the hang of me, too. <laughs> she could really take her, a right turn. Her, her 10 and 2s were on point. It's you all know? stick shift. She, you're shifting with your left hand, you know what yeah. I mean? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Checking the mirrors, locking the doors. Yeah, she's like, 
Young Mario and Dreddy. Yeah. Like, do you guys remember the Pacifier? Course, that Vin Diesel Dreddy. movie. When when Michael first gets out of the car after she's we, our first scene with her driving, I just imagine him jumping out like that kid in the Pacifier. Land. <laughs> That's terrible. It's terrible. <laughs> she, well, she's she's a psychopath when it comes to driving. She she almost hits the the bushes. Yeah, she's going in a circle. It's, okay, it's that's their a driveway. It's like smaller <laughs> yeah. than a cul-de-sac. How do they have a bigger driveway than than the Corleones do in America? Right, because they own the whole land, the vineyard, the whole. Thing. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Fair All right. So we, so where are we? Are we in America? Apollonia is dead. Yeah, we're and back in America. Michael's talking to Kay like mm-hmm. like he didn't have another wife. Connie got <laughs> he exploded by it. a car. He never, he's just like, well, no. yo, I, I talked to you six years ago. I told you I was leaving. <laughs> it's like, he's like, yo, are we about to have a so in between, <laughs> no, 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 no. So in between that, Connie gets her ass beat. That's what apparently a lot. Like Connie gets his ass gets her ass beat, and that's mm-hmm. where another another that's cultural where thing that's where. where it really plants itself in its time because that was just and the make, police would not have been involved. And that's and today, the only time they well, that's, exactly. That's the only time they make like the abuse on women prevalent mm-hmm. in the movie. And it's also they make her just seem like so awful. It's well, no, like, well, it's, it's, it's it's she's it's, been probably uh, taking it for years, you know, and she finds she finally comes up and syndrome. says something. It, it's probably yeah. the best battered woman syndrome I've seen in a long time. I'm saying how they portray. It, you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, she's 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 been beat, but she offers. The, the psychology of this movie is subtly she knows if, fucking she, if she opens her mouth yeah, yeah, yeah. she knows if she opens her mouth that her family's gonna kill him. well and on top of that she she takes the blame she's like I hit him first yes, I hit yes, him yes, first yes. Well, yeah. he's a good guy he's a good person and she also knows that uh, it, like I know we're back I'm backtracking now but like at that point like if one Vito's still alive that mm-hmm. Carlo's not gonna nothing's gonna yeah. happen to him like when yeah. when, when, Car- when Michael walks to Carlo mm-hmm Mm-hmm. We'll, get to it, so well, yeah, but I mean, now we'll talk. Well, well, it's sunny right now. Well, and this is but this is something that yeah. like because and this is where Connie kind of takes agency of her own character. She asks for help. She she does. Finally. However, before that, the family respects her enough, and and part of this is that the, yeah, they let her handle her affairs. Yeah. yeah. So, Sunny absolutely wants to go kill this guy, but there's a moment where he's like, "Look, I, I'm not gonna make, I'm not gonna make your child a, a, a fatherless." Mm-hmm kid right off the bat i mean you got you got a baby coming i'm not going to kill this guy granted michael says the same shit but sonny's but... already warned carlo oh. don't ever beat my fucking sister mm-hmm. again or i'll have your head He's... well doesn't he say that later when he when he meets up with him, he's like, "You ever the first Because he, he beats him, he beats the shit out of him in the street. Yeah, after he leaves, after he leaves the apartment, he goes and he hunts him down on the corner where because apparently carlo was in charge of he was a bookie. Right, and he was asked for help, yeah. like, in the yeah. first scene. In the first scene where Carlos introduced, he tells Connie to shut up. This, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, you don't ever tell her to shut so, the fuck yeah, up. yeah, and it, you see how that plays out. But, I mean, so Carlo was not supposed to be involved in the family business. Per veto. When no, they first get married, that, he's, he's like, a, what do we give him? He's in the family, but he does not know what the family... Yeah, you never talk about He doesn't know the family business, yeah. So, in my, in my from what I can tell he wasn't supposed to be a bookie for them but he probably muscled his way into getting some Just sort of cut. name dropping type yeah where if if Sonny had been the Don that he thought he was he would have given Carlo a stipend essentially he would have right. given him an allowance yeah. he's like here's your money you know go do your, your thing you stay away from the family yeah like you don't you need to be our uh, what do they call it when the uh, lone survivor you need to be the guy that if the whole family goes down, Connie has someone to lean on. Mm-hmm. 
that's his mind that should have been his mindset but they cave in they let him be a bookie and on top of him being an abusive person from the begin from from the beginning he it goes to his head he thinks he's untouchable he's a goddamn street bookie yep with a, and, a married and mm-hmm. last name that isn't his. That's what mm-hmm. I'm, I'm mostly if it was like the enabler in that. You know what I mean? Because like Carla, like uh, I think uh, this Sonny happened when Vito I was think unconscious. would have ended it like how he beat his ass. He would have killed him. If maybe the first time. I well, think I think Sonny Sonny clearly has a soft spot for Connie. Connie yeah. says, but Connie says it to Michael. Like when, mm-hmm. it's a little bit later than that's we're later. About yeah, yeah. Like, because there's a huge thing that happens right in between that. Alright, yeah. Let's get <laughs> So right yeah, let's, let's carry on. So, right after that, so one of the hugest, cre- craziest scenes of this whole thing, right <laughs> after that whole thing goes, Sonny enters a toll booth. Let's okay. Before we get to that, okay, there there are very few moments of comedy in this movie. The scene, the scene where, uh, where Sonny beats the absolute shit out of Carlo, cracked me up because you know that was improv. Sonny, Sonny rolls up with, was it Tom? I think it was Tom. He rolls up on Carlo, who's on, who's, who's performing business, and he, uh, <laughs> Carlo sees him coming and takes off running, and he catches up to him and he just starts wailing on him. And then Carlo hops over a fence and Sonny follows him. And then the funniest scene in the entire movie is Sonny grabbing everything around him to beat up his brother-in-law. He hits him with a trash can. He hits him with a trash can lid. He starts kicking him. And it's just over the top. Well, and it's fucking great. And like you said, he chased him down. Mm-hmm. Well, he's in front. You know what I mean? With his, like, goons, his cronies. Well, well like, and that's when, like Greg was saying. But I mean, like, there's, like, two dozen kids playing in the fire hydrant that's busted <laughs> open. Like, it's like, if you're that badass who's, like, hooked up with the Corleones, <laughs> you know what I mean? You're probably talking more shit than you really were. So they hate yeah. you. And he's out there, like, trying to run These kids street. are just watching. He gets the shit beat out of him in front of, like, all the, like, sixth and seventh graders <laughs> on his block. Let's point out the fact that when he's taking bets, these kids are, like, 12 at the oldest, so he's taking bets from children. So he's making, what, 20 bucks a day? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's playing for allowance money. It's, it's, it's like the, a week's worth of lunch money and mm. allowance money for, you know, if you add it up to like 13 or 14 kids, you know, that's, that's an honest living. Right. You know, that's <laughs> Carlo, it shows how much the family just despised him. Like, yeah. you want right, to be he, fine, we'll let you be a bookie. Gets, Go take bets from he these kindergartners. He gets beat kindergartners. by his environment. Like, yeah. his environment, he gets thrown in the trash pile. Like yeah, Sonny, Sonny like mm-hmm. like Hulk Hogan's a garbage can over his head, but he also like takes a little lid, mm-hmm. like like a shield. It just starts yeah. punching you. <laughs> well, and it, it's it's, I think Carlo kind of envisions himself as. Uh, you remember in uh, what's the Tarantino movie? Um, Reservoir Dogs. Yeah. The the son. Okay. The the blonde haired kid who's not really involved in the in the heist, but. He's 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 there. Right. He I think Carlo kind of envisioned himself as that person, who he's not involved in the day to day, but he's important because you know I'm connected. This is who I know. This is who I'm married to. And they make it obvious for like you know at this point halfway through the movie that he's taking over. After. You know what I mean? Like, that's yeah. That's his assumption is right. he's going to be in charge. Exactly. That's... And then, you know, Sonny makes the famous line. He's like, "You ever touch my fucking sister again? I'll kill you." Yeah. And, and at that point, if you gotta say that, you probably should already. Because... <laughs> right. Well, you know, you know, at that point, Sonny has already thought about it. Sonny has considered killing you, 
and he's giving you one fucking chance. You fucked up before this if Sonny is giving is, is giving you a final yeah, chance. Yeah, but Carlo fucked everything up. Mm-hmm. I mean, honestly, we look back at it from that standpoint right there. Well, and, and I think that might be the moment where Carlo decided to sell out. Was it Michael? I think he decided to sell out Michael. We're getting ahead of ourselves. Um, but just keep that in the back of your mind that, that Carlo has an axe to grind. And now Sonny, Sonny hears about uh, Carlo beating on Connie again. And he hops in the car. And this is what I, I, was, I was talking off mic earlier about this being a crime of, of circumstance. Where clearly the other families that were at war with Corleone's were waiting for somebody to leave the house. Because the whole family is holed up in the compound. I know it's a mansion, but with, let's call it a compound because it's it was armed to the teeth. So Sonny leaves the house, and he get, and he gets in the car, and uh, Tom Tom asks the the bodyguards to follow him, but they're a little ways behind him. Sonny is already racing down the road, going to Connie's house. He's got to go across town, get on the highway, and the bodyguards have to catch up to him. And when he pulls up to the to the the toll booth, there's a car in front of him that starts fucking backing up. And just like those old they were they were ready scenes. for him. Yep. And it's it's it didn't really take me out of the movie. It just it, it in any other circumstance, it feels like that's a that's a coincidence, but it proves that they were at war with the other four families. Yep. Everybody yeah. was ready. Yeah. They, they, well they were top dogs. Mm-hmm. I mean, and it, he's literally the don a, of the that family. That was a Brazini's that is a re- yes. introduced until like 10 minutes. That was the name I was trying to think of. I don't know if I'm saying his name wrong the whole time or whatever, but it's like, that's not said till later, but when Michael sits him down, he's like, mm-hmm. who, you know, he's like, I know you're guilty, you're not going to die, I'm not going to wait all Well, this is where the movie just starts fucking taking picking off. Picking up, picking up, picking up, yep. Because right, everything he, happens he at once. Him who approached you. And yeah. it's like, after the hit's already done mm-hmm. and we've already talked about it, it's like, there's only... A few people left. He's like, "Well, who approached you? Like mm-hmm. A or B?" Yeah. Then, well, I thought it would have been. Well, we'll get to the Clemenza line, but absolutely. So Vito has been planning for. So after Sonny's killed, um, and we have that scene with the Undertaker, where you know that 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 favor is called in from the wedding. Take care of my son. I don't I don't want his mother to see him like this. And you've got another moment of real humanity with Vito. It, it, it showcases the, the dialogue cause, and, and the acting chops of Marlon Brando, even though he refused to memorize his lines. And how pivotal the point was in the movie. Right? Mm-hmm. It was like, you think, you think Sonny's going to take over the whole mm-hmm. time. And it's like, you think Sonny's just going to be a war dog. You think he's going to take over after Vito dies. Mm-hmm. And you know, you know it's no, they're both going to He's die kind of the de facto leader at that yeah, point. Yeah. And then he's, he's taken out and the family's Before. assumed to be vulnerable. And Vito starts sitting down with Michael because Michael's, pardon me. I don't think Michael's we, even in there yet. We've been jumping around in the timeline, but at this point, <clears throat> okay. Michael came back. And this is because we well, talked about we him talk talking about with Vito Kay. saying no more violence. Mm-hmm. Violence has got to stop, all that yeah. good stuff. Okay. So, so after Sonny dies, Michael comes home and Vito has the meeting with the five families. Like, this war ends. There's been too much blood. I've lost too much. And it's actually Vito that realizes it's Brazzini that set him up. It's like, I didn't realize until this moment that it was Brazzini the whole time. It's like, holy shit. Not only is he an articulate, intelligent man, but he's intuitive enough 
to see that the guy who's leading the conversation in that meeting is not the man who set him up. He said the wrong shit. Like, mm-hmm. out. He had one. He, he could have like, got, got off scot like, free. And it's, a two, it's like a two second scene of the movie. He's like, mm-hmm. I didn't know until right now. He's like, and and he, I, I had to I had to backtrack to the meeting and watch it twice. Because I was like, all right, what the fuck did he because see that I did? Because it's not one of the main guys they got beef mm-hmm. with. But it's like it's, that ties together everything. You don't notice it unless you watch it again. But you go back and you watch the meeting. The guy that Vito is making peace with is not the guy that, that caused the problem. It's the guy that exactly. that uh, negotiates the peace. And he makes yeah. one slip up. He goes, we caused this problem. Or we something. He uses the word we. And that's when Vito realizes, oh, you were the brains behind this. And he sets him up, too. Like, yeah. He's like, you guys are mad at our, our connections. Blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah. And the guy's when, like, oh. when have I the refused? Guy says, he speaks out of pocket. He's like, you know, <laughs> yeah. that's what we had to do. And he's like, oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, really? Oh, really? Okay, I'll keep that in the back of my head. And clearly he tells Michael. Yeah. It's not on, it's not on camera. Right, right. But he tells Michael because Michael eventually gets justice for that moment. And then we, we, we get to the point where Vito has essentially retired. Michael takes over. Essentially retired? Semi-retired. Semi-retired okay, is probably, yeah. yeah. And so like, Vito semi-retires, and Michael takes over the day-to-day operations. And he wants to like sell the, the mm-hmm. family olive oil. Right. And you know, start. And move, back, move further into the gambling business. Yep, and absolutely. That's, he, and later on, he tells Kay, oh, we're going to be legitimate within the next five absolutely, years. Yep, which yep. I think he says the same thing in the second movie. Yeah. I, well, yeah, for sure. It's I, always, we're going to be legitimate. We're, we're going to be legitimate. Get, we're going to get And then he likes, go, yeah. There's some shit we got to do. He first. sends Carlo to Vegas. Does he no. really send Carlo? Yeah, yeah, does he really send Carlo? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, so the the crowning moment of this fourth act is Michael acts like he has no idea what's going on, and he goes to the the christening ceremony for is it his nephew, his niece? When he becomes well, uh, uh, Connie's kid, when he yeah. becomes the Godfather. When he becomes, yeah. So he goes to the christening ceremony, and while he's at the christening ceremony. He, he has his men take out the top brass and everyone responsible for everything that happened to his family. And his own endeavor, which was Mo mm-hmm. Green in, the, mm-hmm. in Las Vegas. Yes. So, oh, I forgot about Mo. Yes, yeah. he does make a trip to Vegas. So it, and, it's, and, it's, yeah, Mo uh, Green. and it's and it's the tall dude we were talking about earlier trying to find out his name, mm-hmm. which was on their side. So it was like, look yeah, that up real out, quick, Greg? They took out... So the, na- the name of the, the taller guy who the, betrays... Just uh, do Michael. the IMDb for Godfather. yeah. If you just start hey, listing just off me, names, we'll know just who give it me the is. Character, the, when it gives you character. Um, but this is this is a great point where, if you're talking about creating a series of films while still making a movie that stands on its own, you could compare this to uh, The Empire Strikes Back. Yeah. So The Empire Strikes Back stands as its own movie. It's got its own enclosed storyline, but it feeds in from the film before and it feeds into the film after this movie has an encapsulated series of events that stand like you're able to separate it from godfather 2 but they stand as a technically a trilogy but i see them as a duology because fuck godfather 3 (laughs) but you but timeline it stands it stands on its own and part of it is because of this fourth act he wipes out his elimination and he sets himself up as the guy. And, and that's the, the... And it's what separates him from Vito. Vito was so much more calculated. Like, granted, Michael is absolutely calculated and intentional. Right. But he's... When he comes back from Italy, he's a changed man. 
Right, but I feel like at that same time when Michael came back from Italy, Salvatore Tessio, Tessio, yes, Tessio, yeah, Tessio. But I feel like when Michael came back from Sicily as a changed man, Vito was changing as a softer and softer yes. older man. Like, well, they mentioned that. Yeah, to Taglio, he's like, you think we could have caught your father slipping 10 years ago? Like, forget about it. Well, and it's it's funny that that guy mentions, he's like, we couldn't have done this 10 years ago. I I fucked up. I missed my chance. I need to make peace or I'm going to die. And he has no idea he's going to die at that table. Granted, we're going way, we're going like an hour back in the movie. But but still, it's prevalent. And so Michael coming back from, from Italy, he's... He's a much more, it's much colder man after Apollonia is murdered. Um, yeah, that wind is really the wind. The wind's howling. I'm trying to position this. this uh, no, you're good. Hold on, just take one second here. I'm gonna sit down and. So while he positions the mics, what's going on in your life, Greg? Hey man, so much man. You uh just moved and stuff. You recently bought a house. I heard broke a leg in three spots. You know, just like, it's all good. <laughs> but you know, this is fun. I think it's. Uh, I think so. Yeah, I we're not. You're causing that, the problem. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah he yeah, might. It's, it's just it's the good. angle of oh, of, oh, of the oh, mic. Oh, oh, oh. Just close it right Position right. that pot filter to the side. <laughs> <laughs> we're leaving all this in. Edit. <laughs> this this is the production side of the operation. This is where Shasti makes his money. So we are currently recording in Greg's garage. Hmm. <laughs> and Shasti's a, studio. adjusting our wind flow from the outside. I just so broke half of our <laughs> donated equipment. This is why he's the best Sorry producer in the biz. Sorry for we just broke half of our shit that you guys gave us. <laughs> oh man, this is good stuff. See, this is the behind the scenes stuff our audience wants Perfect. to know. I'm gonna show you how quick we can also lay out this shit out to the super. Alright, alright, alright. Because we got we got magic. We should I I on it. We're we're leaving this in. We're leaving it in. Everybody wants to know what goes behind the scenes so, in a podcast. This is what happened. Two times. So we're looking at uh a phone, trying to do some research right. here on the fly. Oh man. Um Okay. Let's talk about this wine a little bit more. It's fantastic. Oh, oh we're the, ready to go? Let's let's do the next one. It's a good spot to do the next one, I feel like. <laughs> I am not ready for more wine yet. <laughs> I have not even finished. Like, I it, Greg was saying we need to slow down our uh, alcohol intake. And then he's like, we need to open up the next bottle of wine. Hey, man. Get the fuck out of here. All right, let me chime in real quick. So we said that when Michael's at the altar becoming the actual... Yes, grandfather. back on track. Are we at the, are we at that point now? Are yeah, we we, like we, we should probably it's pretty we should probably get up to that point. Yeah. Okay, so um, I think this is essentially the end. But I, other other than the, than than Sunny way earlier saying we don't discuss business at the table, right? Everything I have to say about the movie happens after the baptism or after the christening. And Brazil okay. is behind it. We know that. Yes. 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 Okay, so I guess between the baptism scene and the closing cutout scene, I'll wait to say what I gotta say because okay, um, said <laughs> so look, I remember I, I told you remember Kay giving yeah. Michael at the yeah. wedding like Luca what oh you guys like are the mafia and now Kay's no let's let's pause it do you think Kay had any idea that Michael was part of a mafia family before that yes. I think I, mean, I, I agree with that. At the wedding, the it was very before similar. Before the wedding. But in the last scene. Before she... the wedding. <laughs> yeah, Kay's, Kay's. Before this movie starts, do you think okay. Kay has an idea of what no, goes on? No, the no, 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 no. no. Before... I think she had a. 
I think I think what Michael told her was, eh, my, my father's in some sketchy business. I think uh, the olive oil be, business. I yeah. think even if he didn't say anything before the movie started, mm-hmm. right? Which would him being completely over. I think him saying at the wedding everything he said mm-hmm. tells you. Yes. And it's yes. like regardless it's like, she it's knows like, by the wedding. Yeah, Tom goes yeah. to LA and, and how Tom excited. goes to LA to talk to Waltz and he just has to mm-hmm. say, like, I have an important client. They find out yeah. oh you you this like it's a well known yeah. name in a the world West with, Coast without the internet. Across the country. Yeah, it's a well known mafia just name. So, mm-hmm. yep. so it's almost like like if like I know it wasn't as easy for Kate to just hop on Google. And look up Michael right. Corleone. <laughs> so, you know, I'm sure it's like when they when Michael finds out that well, he t- got hit, he was in the newspaper. He saw a newspaper, right, in mm-hmm. Sicily. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 He's shown the, the newspaper in Sicily. Well, just how, how, that, how well, that's that's so like that's how big his name was for them to hear mm-hmm. about it in Sicily. If you if you don't know his name, mm-hmm. but even before like, the so wedding, I think they, I think that was and we're we're kind of rabbit trailing here. But what you have to say about the newspapers. I think this may be the one of the first times in modern film where they use newspapers to show the passage of time. And like I, like I was telling Greg, like I think if I went through and I specifically wrote down the dates and stuff and paused the movie when they talk about time, I could figure out an exact timeline. But while they they use this movie or they use this tactic in this movie uh, to show time, it was definitely something that had been done before, but it had not. It, it hadn't gained as much prominence as it did after its use in The Godfather. Where if you've got a time jump, you throw like not you throw six or nine newspapers that show the passage of time and the events that happen that you're not going to show on film. But anyway, uh, we're at the christening, and this is like the climax of the film. The fifth act of this film is very short. The fourth act culminates with the christening of Connie's baby and Michael becoming Godfather. And taking on and doing the his first hit as God, mm-hmm. and like you said, right? He he takes his father's place, and it's clear that he learned a lot from Vito, but not enough. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He did not become enough of his father to be the Don that he should have been. And the next two films show his downfall, even though he's super successful right. and he's he's like the fucking guy. He is not his father. And we'll get into that he in Godfather business, too. He handles business, but you're also like, this leaves a lot. Like it's, you know, what I mean, mm-hmm. it's, it's it's not sloppy. He does it like so well, but it's also like there can't be no repercussions. Mm-hmm. Well, and this is this is where we start to see the modern yeah. uh, understanding of the mafia is this hit scene. Mm-hmm. It takes maybe five minutes where we see everybody of importance on the other side killed off, mm-hmm. and Michael has no association with it because it's all done while he's got an alibi. Mm-hmm. But it, the whole time Vito's alive throughout the whole movie, I'm ready to backtrack. Until this the point. overall theme, like Connie says to Michael, you waited for dad to die before you yeah. took out Carlo mm-hmm. and you look at the hits in the same light. It's like, Vito's just talking about keeping peace. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you know, you lost a son, I lost a son. Mm-hmm. This is tradition. This is how yeah. it's done. Let's keep a peace between every everybody else. So it, it was always mm-hmm. about stopping an all-out war. Yeah. Well, we, we watch yeah. on camera the transition from the old school. Yeah. Which, granted, the old school was bloody. If we look at it from, from a historical standpoint, they're like Gangs of New York. That shit... More or less, really happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's we're talking the late 1800s. So talking about five boroughs. Yeah, probably went down like more crude. Well, there's and and to shout out another podcast that everybody should absolutely be listening to, the Dollop. They've got several episodes 
on that period of time. So Josh is my favorite author, and I'm, I'm his favorite producer, and we have never talked about really what podcast we like before this, even getting into the podcast, but... Right now, we both know that Dollop is... I, I'm on top of it. They might <laughs> Dollop, be our favorites, but it's up there. is up there. 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 Whale everyone Splosion. should check out. Yeah. Whale Explosion and uh, The Cofficioner. Do you want to end the Google movie the, before we plug yes, this? okay, okay. <laughs> okay. Um, let's, <laughs> Gareth Reynolds, I love you. But yeah, moving on. Yeah. Moving on. So, and, Carlo comes crying, right? Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, not Carlo. Uh, so, Connie. Yeah. Connie yeah. comes crying. And... Uh, Kay mm-hmm. hugs her. Yes. Um, says everything's going to be okay. Consoles her, all this kind of good stuff. Um, and the, Which is kind of weird, you know, don't you think? I mean, well, she, I think she consoles. accidentally takes on the position of Donna. Oh, like a, a matriarch kind of, or semi. Yeah, yeah accidentally. I, I think it just comes natural that she, she wants to comfort Connie. Yep. And then moving from there, kind of concludes everything. Kay asks Michael mm-hmm. Michael says you were allowed to ask me this mm-hmm. one time this about my business one time about my he business he blows up before that yeah he gets real let's real talk about that scene no, before no no that. no his, his previous wife yeah. blows up before that <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't even realize it I've been waiting for the first thing I said to the end but we'll still get there okay is left at the end with her final question let's talk about that scene more in depth because let's see Connie comes in Kay hugs her and then she makes her way to Michael and she starts punching him in the chest and Michael just wraps her up in a yep, hug yep, yep. and he tries Which to see it in a lot her. of gangster movies yeah like and it's, it's calm one down of those, I'm gonna hug you it's one of those things like oh you're an inconsolable woman all you need is a hug <laughs> a man's hug yeah <laughs> like it's gonna be okay darling you're so helpless uh, right yes yeah. yeah. and this is this is the moment where Connie loses her agency in Michael's eyes but not in everyone else's eyes so Michael right. sees right. her as just another person Connie still considers herself an autonomous human being because she's still Don Corleone's daughter or I guess now the new Don Corleone's sister. She still is a person. So she demands fucking answers. Michael does not give them to her. He just wraps her up and tells her immediately. He goes, take her upstairs, get her a doctor. Mm -hmm. She's hysterical. Now, if you historically speaking, if you want to talk about what men were describing when they said a woman was hysterical they would call a gynecologist essentially <laughs> to have a woman get off so essentially what he's saying is she hasn't been laid in a while well, let's get her is a that doctor. true yeah yeah wow. the original so vibrators put a lot of doctors out of business <laughs> because the, probably psychologist yeah, yeah all across the so border. so that's when sexist. a woman was that's was sexist, diagnosed Josh. with with hysteria no it's the absolute truth when a woman was diagnosed with hysteria back in the day, and this is not even all that far back in the day, um, she would go to the doctor, and the doctor would get her off. Like he wouldn't like inseminate her, yeah. But he would he would you know bring her to orgasm so she could quote unquote calm down and come back to herself. So essentially, what Michael is saying is take her upstairs and someone fucking fuck her because she's crazy. Well, and and it I know goes, I feel better after that. <laughs> I think we all feel better after an <laughs> orgasm. That's why you don't go to the gynae too. <laughs> what? What'd you say? You don't go to the gynae too. <laughs> I haven't been to a gynae in a while. Oh man, I I You're think I went to treat. one one gynae appointment with uh, with Vinny's mom. 
But after that, it was like, this is unnecessary. I'll just go to ultrasounds. <laughs> I meant for the orgasm. Oh, I can do that myself. <laughs> I still have both We're hands. We're that lucky, I guess. I still have both hands. But, yeah. So anyway, as this movie wraps up, Michael brings his sister down and puts her below... Essentially, in his mind, he puts her below Tom Hagen, the conciliary. It's like, she is no longer a person of interest. And... Well, she's broken. And she's... A, in his mind, and this, she's At broken. that point, too, she is... She could be a narc or, you know, she's she's so emotional where she could bring the family. That's what he's trying to say. Yeah. He doesn't believe that. Yeah. His eyes are his eyes are totally dead. And this is what Pacino and just as a side note, this does not look like Pacino. Oh no. Well He's no. so young, it doesn't look like he had, he had one role before this. Mm-hmm. Uh, or one big role before mm-hmm. this, and they wanted names like Robert Radford mm-hmm. and so forth. I, I mean, a million others. It sounds like Pacino it a couple of times, but he's so baby faced. Oh, it doesn't before, look like I, I feel like it's before Pacino's Pacino. Absolutely. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's like now he's just a character of himself. He, he just talks like this all the time. <laughs> yeah, they yeah. said with how much like dispute there was with the, the, the writer and the director <laughs> even finishing the movie, mm-hmm. like they said there was a discrepancy with Pacino even doing the lead role up until the scene where he killed the police commissioner mm-hmm. and. I can believe that. I can absolutely. And they were like, that. now we're convinced. It was like, okay, like logistics wise, you guys had movie. You guys pulled it off. Like, yeah, pulled off the greatest movie ever. But like, Coppola and Puzo knew what they were doing. Puzo, Puzo, yeah. they knew what they were doing. So, Pacino, his eyes are. He he was a great actor even back then. He his eyes are dead, but his mouth is alive. If you watch the performance. His, his eyes don't fucking move. There's no emotion there. But in his mouth, he's, he's smiling, he's frowning, he's, oh, she's hysterical. Well, he's the Don. He's, yeah, he's so gotta, with he's his, gotta be he's that. silver-tongued at this point. And even his lips are emoting things that his eyes are not. And that's a skill that he takes with him into later films. But in this movie in particular, it is probably on point. Yeah. Better than any other place. Okay. So he tells, he tells Kay... She's hysterical. She doesn't know what she's talking about. And he argues with Kay. And this is another moment where it's like, was this the same character? He it's yells like, at Kay for 30 seconds. Right. My dad had a terrible business. I took over. Oh, we're totally legit. Yeah. Oh, everyone. I just, it's like, the family not Nobody me, now died. Everybody in the office. <laughs> they just went to sleep for a really long time. Right. So, so he, tells, he tells Kay, like Greg was saying, you can ask me about my business, about my business this one time. And then he fucking lies to her. Right to her face. To her face. And it's and then, this is the moment that showcases what I was just talking about. His eyes are dead and his mouth smiles. And he says no. He's lost too much at this point. His, yes. His father's, his father's dead. His brother's dead. My whole thing is his, his wife, wife is, dead. is dead. I feel like he's he'd be pissed. the worst he's actor done. in the world. He lost everything. And like, hey, yes. <laughs> of course. Like, <laughs> every question is yes. Yes. Like, I'm going back in the room with all these dudes well, exactly. who just like, murdered all these exactly. drug people yeah. that we've been talking about the last wouldn't it be, the, 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 the door closed around, like, all right, no. the door closed wouldn't yes. have been as slow like, the, <laughs> like, the, look the look on her face is the closing scene right yes the door well, it's, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, while, while yeah. He's being, his, his ring is being kissed so it, like, and it's, it's made anointing her yes absolutely it's a baptism right there that's a baptism yes. right there. So but that's the same face she had when they he he's talks already about Luca in the beginning, mm-hmm. and that scene ends. She's like, 
Oh, I didn't think about that. She's like, is it? It's literally the same. I it's the same face. I didn't think about that. You're absolutely right. So in that moment, and this carries through into the next film, where she realizes my husband will never tell me the truth. Yep. Right. Because he says to her face, "It's yes. a clean business." And, and then, then as soon as she steps out of the room, yes. Don Corleone and they kiss his hand. And that's not to protect her; it's to protect the family. It's not even to protect the family. I would say at this point, Michael becomes everything that Sonny wanted to be. Yeah, He's, he, he is. He is the powerful. It seeds for the family yeah. role for mm-hmm. sure, for sure. So Michael, that's a powerful power, door close. The power goes to his head immediately, and he's a fucking. Dick. He is not a protagonist after he comes back from Sicily. So I'm trying to count a little, a little bit of slack, just because if he's lost so mm-hmm. lost so much in in the last 45 minutes. And that's fair enough. So I mean, yes, he's a dick, but for good goddamn reason, right? I mean, well, he's a sympathetic villain. He goes from being the yes. hero to the sympathetic villain. And I, off the top of my head, I can't think of anybody that makes that switch so easily. Isn't that isn't that what? Brando did too is like Brando was never the villain but I'm okay okay but okay. Even, even in the next film Brando is never the villain Vito Vito has so much class that he is never villainous he never loses sight of who he is Michael changes completely but we can get into this next one on two and you'll see how much of a villain mm-hmm. that Vito really had to be a young Vito had to be to make he, his Corleone name to Vito. an extent yes I would still say he dips into anti-hero territory, but never true villainy. Because he, Michael, he never absolutely, had to lift a he never had to lift a, a finger as a as a yeah. don. You know, you never have to do anything. It's, you know, it's always hidden behind doors, curtains, smokes, and mm-hmm. screens. It's that it's level a that level of deniability. But just man, that's the uh, main thing for sure. I honestly think, like, and this is headcanon for me. I don't know that this is there's any basis for this in the films. I think he intentionally coerced Tom, the conciliary, into going to law school because he saw that the world was changing enough that he needed a lawyer and not just a conciliary. I mean, if you get deep into it with any gang, any organized crime, whether it's the glorified mafia or just like street gangs or whatever, that's mm-hmm. obviously a big thing. Is like yeah. Planning people in, in those part of the position who mm-hmm. you have is like, might just be someone who's in their sense Irish German. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like anybody someone who's else, anybody else somewhat not connected. Michael, even though he went to the, the Marines and, and was mm-hmm. a, a whatever war hero, whatever, when he came back, like if he went into law school to be a lawyer mm-hmm. as a Corleone, it'd be like, well, yeah, oh, that's yeah. a conflict of issues. Well, and the, the fact that's that he yeah. he pulls. Tom down from the conciliary point and send him to Vegas. Look, yeah. Like why? Why are you kicking me out? Well, it, on paper it makes sense, but in reality, he wants to separate his his father's conciliary from his own. Mm-hmm. He feels like I'm good at good enough at this. I don't fucking need you. Mm-hmm. And that is one of those moments That's where totally you see so that it's, Michael it's, it's, it's is hard not to his father. Feel, you feel for him. Right? It's like, yeah. Oh, you got. Yeah, fire. I would I would say Sonny and Tom are my two favorite characters in the so world. So far, Duvall and Connor are like my two favorite actors of all time yeah. too. Like I love like you talk about De Niro later when we do mm-hmm. these later ones, and you talk about Pacino, of course. But I mean, like I mean, Con and Duvall. Yeah. Well, and something we 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 spent so much time in the Lebowski episode talking about cast, but in this movie we right. haven't really touched on it. Right. This movie launched fucking yeah. careers. Yeah. It launched James Con. Yeah, yeah. Robert Duvall was already known to some extent. But I 
I don't think he would have gotten Lonesome Dove without this movie. I don't think he, I don't think he would have been become the actor that he was in uh, Open Range without The Godfather, and because it James forced him to be a restrained force of nature. In this movie, you see that he has fucking power behind him, but he restrains it every time. Because he he intentionally bows down to the authority of the other the other characters, and that is something that you see. It's almost like if Tom had been thrown back in time and been a cowboy, he would have become the character on Open Range. And right. granted, that's probably yeah. a movie we need to put on the goddamn list because <laughs> that is yeah. a film so for the ages. Who is the so? There's in any story. Mm-hmm. Who's the victim here? Do you, do you call victim? Michael the victim because this was never meant for him? It's never what him. Himself wanted or his Dude, father it's, wanted. This, it's a story of victims. I, you, you, you're not wrong. Like, but I mean, you talk about you talk about you talk about antihero. You talk about you talk about antihero. But can we talk anti-victim? What is? It, I don't though? think there is an anti-victim. Can I think Shanti's not wrong. I'm not like, saying that either. I'm I'm just saying, but he, Michael was never supposed to be in this place. Michael was the hero turned turned villain yeah, because of Vito so is the hero you bring turned your Bring your bring your Batman thing back together. Yes, <laughs> you know what I mean. Yes, you know, well, dance with the devil in the, the pale moonlight. As soon as Vito <laughs> dies, Michael's like the last person that you think yes. can do anything. Does more than anybody's ever done. Mm-hmm. Which I mean, obviously sets up the whole the whole saga, but mm-hmm. it's. Well, I I think this is, I don't think your question can be answered. I think this is the quintessential example of history is written by the the winners and not the heroes. (laughs) History is written by the the winners of every war. Michael wins the war. So it doesn't fucking matter who was right. He won. And that's tonight's show. That's an episode, yo. (laughs) So, uh... That was fun, guys. That was a good one. That was that was a really good one. I had a lot of fun. So we we did some plugs in the middle, but uh, Shasti, shout out uh, your pluggables. Uh, just find me on Twitter, Shasti with a Z. Greg, Greg will be under Big Splash Seventeen Twitter, and you'll find me on Twitter on The Price Is Right. That's R I G H T three one two, and you can find. Uh, you can find us on Patreon. Support us uh, please, if you please. like what you're hearing. Um, Help us for better gear, better. Yeah, we're, we're we're looking to uh, to make this a business, yo. And uh, like I said, we've got another podcast, the Suburbanite Insight, where we talk about topical stuff. Um, topical. We've stuff. got an upcoming issue that'll be be talking about uh, the Catholic Church and our our uh, experiences with Christianity. Shudder now. <laughs> uh, Say goodbye. Josh, aren't you an author? We already talked about <laughs> Let's that. Let's do it again. <laughs> All right. So uh, <laughs> you can find my book on Amazon.com, BarnesNoble.com, anywhere you can find it, uh, a book online. You'll find me. Uh, the book's name is Reaper. Again, my name is Josh Price. Um, next, uh, you, can, you can find the book at a, as a hardcover, softcover, or ebook. And next year, we'll be looking at doing a, an audiobook. Is that everything, y'all? Say goodbye.